1: Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, Lord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me once again is the podcast legend, Jude Seymour, and the Chief Inspector, Brenda Linden. Jude, i got a trick for you to try. Okay. Do you you know how we struggle? Like, we, we fall in love, you and I both fall in love with, like, the seasonal flavors of Red Bull. Huh? Yeah, sure. And then, we, and then when we're craving it, right, what do we do? We're running to Amazon, and we're looking at these, like, exorbitant prices on cases. eBay.
0: Right? I've looked at eBay, yeah. I,
1: I'm not yeah, – I'm it's ashamed, ridiculous. but, yeah. I got I got, I got the fix for you. Okay. Toll road. Rest stops. What? Uh, I, what? Sto- I, I stopped at the first – so once I got on to 89, we were in South Bend today for uh, – <laughs> Dylan's bar birthday brothers, uh, in which he, uh, tried breaking up a date, which is funny as hell. Uh, but anyways, coming back, uh, got on the, uh, on the ramp on, in Mishawaka, that first exit heading east one in there sitting right there. Was like five cases of the summer flavor. There's like, there's cans and cans of it everywhere in there. Like yeah. it's everywhere. And you can't get that anywhere. I mean, it's like the last time yeah. I saw that was like maybe at a Myers, like behind some things. So like nobody gets them at the rest stop. So they're just sitting there. So there are cases of the, of the, of, you know, the recent seasonal flavors sitting around there. So like this new Arctic or not the Arctic berry, this new, uh, apple fig, which is yeah. freaking fantastic. In, you know, like April, you're still going to be able to get that if you want that. But it's going to be at a toll road uh, rest stop. So what's your theory
0: there? Because I would almost assume there's more people coming through those rest stops, and it would be turning around faster.
1: Well, t- two things, or, or a few things. Number one, everything's more expensive at a at a toll road toll road rest stop. Correct. Yeah. And Red, Red Bull. Bo- like, Red Bull I'm isn't I'm the cheapest the, thing. I'm the sucker for buying three of them because that's the how you get the deal is if you buy three every time. Yep. Yeah. Every time I did. Yep. Every time. But I just don't think like I think people come in and they're they're just getting their normal stuff. And I I think the seasonal needs to be out like amongst all the people all the time. So they're probably coming in and getting their blueberry, getting their watermelon. That's what I think. But I, I the last season, the uh, dragon fruit, I, it was the same thing. I saw the same thing happen at the toll road. That's why I clicked tonight when I saw that. I'm like, this has to be a thing. Where this just doesn't sell very well at the toll at the toll road places for whatever reason. Cause I'll tell you what, the strawberry apricot, that might be the greatest flavor they've ever invented. Period. It's it's phenomenal. So for them to have cases upon cases stacked there, just blows my mind. All the vodka you can put with that is just <laughs> Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> can <laughs> can I address the elephant in the room real quick? <laughs> go right ahead. <clears throat> um Josh, go- Am I on point here to to say that that Jude's voice sounds like no one who has ever sat in the first ten <laughs> rows between the thirties at Notre Dame Stadium? His voice sounds nothing yes. like anyone
0: who sits in the first five rows between the thirties of Notre Dame Stadium, right? I mean, the only times if ever
1: you ever voices just sit down in front, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is Jude, by the way, y'all. <laughs> this, this is post carrier dome Jude. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Let's, first of all, let's, let's get into that a little bit. Jude. Let's, uh, can you, cause I don't we're, think we're gonna, we've ra- had Jude even. We're really going to rake your, no, we're really, really going to rake your voice here because, um, if you guys didn't know, you should have listened to the last podcast. Jude hosted a tailgate up there. i himself personally, but the, the, the Notre Dame club of, uh, uh, it's not a Waterton Jude, is it? Just a, yeah, Central New York Syracuse. Yeah. Central New York Syracuse hosted a tailgate and he was going up there. He had Brennan and I all jealous. He had my wife ask me why Brennan and I were so fucking stupid not to figure out, uh, to like meet up in Toledo and go, <laughs> and go drive. there, like go through Canada. You got your passport yeah, there right? A, we can
2: just drive through Canada and make it right up there. Yeah.
1: There's there, there, there all, there, there all sorts of like, Oh wait, this Damn it, we didn't think this out very good. <laughs> uh, I, uh, so there's a lot of jealousy. And I, I, had last podcast.
0: I had 4 extras the morning of game day too. So I definitely could have accommodated. Oh. All.
1: Anyway, yeah. In a game where I'm not sure if Andre Guestamay ever lined up at fullback before, like, especially out of the eye. Uh, I, Greg could probably answer that one, but I don't recall him ever lining up as a fullback in the eye before. And yet here we have this no, game no. that should have been, should have been present for that <clears throat> for my boy, but anyways, yes. let's sex. have Jude walk us through each one, bad, like but...
2: yeah, in each chunk. So let's just get the the pregame stuff, and then we'll get into the game stuff, and then I want to hear the post game sadness too. So give <laughs> the, before we get into like, don't give us, <laughs> don't blow your load just right off the bat. Uh, lead us in. How was the pregame and the tailgate and all that kind of stuff, and and how did everything leading up to the game feel?
0: yeah it was um it was it was chaotic fun i guess that would be the best way to say it like i was literally people were coming at me saying i've got extra tickets how do i get rid of them can i get into this tailgate (laughs) even though it was sold out like um you know where's the 50 50 lady like i just there was just so many questions that were flying but it was fun dude i mean we had so many people in there. Um, all the free Guinness got drank, um, even though it was 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, uh, the cheerleaders and the, and the Leprechaun came in and they had all the music queued up and they did like, I mean, they did the, the fight song and the, and the Celtic chant and the, you know, and Dom and, and we did the alma mater and suede and the Leprechaun took as many pictures as people wanted. And then the cheerleaders like, you know, like, you know, took pictures and talked with people and stuff. And it was just, it was, it was so awesome. It was just like, I, you know, I, I, I just said like, let's not wait 19 years to do this again, because this is just a blast. And nobody seemed to mind the fact that, you know, our tailgate plans got totally scuttled by this noon start. So we had, um, what we called like a New York state fair menu. So we had, uh, hamburgers, hot dogs, uh, chicken speedies, um, you know, salt potatoes. Crushing about
1: like 9 a.m.
0: Yeah, and, and yeah, from from uh from 9 to 9 a.m. to 11:30 pm 11:30 a.m. So, but people like you know, oh, people, I love it. Yeah, people went for it, so it was great. It was absolutely great, and I got to oh, see yeah. I got to see some old friends. Um, this guy I've known for a really long time, who's actually out of the Albany Club, came over and he's like, "Do you know the the website One Foot Down?" And I was like, "I, I do." And he's like, "Did you know there's a guy named Jude Seymour who writes for it?" And I said. I am him. <laughs> so we had like, we had a little moment there, which was super, super fun. Um, I encouraged about 78 people to, uh, to download our podcast, even if they don't listen to it. So we could all make our three cents. And yeah, it was just like a super fun, uh, just a super fun experience. The night prior, I didn't go, but um, Pat angle from blue and gold illustrated was there. Um, I was told father Nate from the, uh, the, the, who had a great actually tweet the other day I saw. Um Father Nate the the chaplain for the football team was there, was told I was told he was there. I don't know if he actually showed, but um they absolutely pulled um this place called Coleman's Irish pub obviously and they just packed the shit out of it and it was great. So um just yeah just a lot, just a lot, absolutely a lot of fun. Uh raised five hundred bucks for meals with Muffet and uh you know really heavy on the the 5050 and the merch sales. I mean, we got rid of so many old like versions of the shirt that we've been sitting in our warehouse for like, you know, 2-3 years. That was super nice too. So That
2: sounds like a work run.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, that, no, that
2: sounds sounds perfect. perfect. You 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 gave apparel to the to the people in need.
0: Yeah, exactly right. I mean, and and for for deep discounts, right? So yeah.
2: Uh, were there any Chirpy Q's fans in the pregame like what what was what were Syracuse so fans?
0: we had, we who had a guy a lot of tripper,
1: the a lot of all week.
0: Yeah, we a had a guy who was wearing a, a like a legit like, I don't know where he acquired this shirt, but it was half Notre Dame and had the Notre Dame logo on it and half Syracuse and the Syracuse. And it was not a homemade deal. Like it looked like it had been produced by somebody. And I was like, I don't want, I want to know the series, the circumstances that produced this shirt. But he came over and he said, (laughs) um, I was working the the check-in table at that time. And he said, are you all allowed to drink on the job? And I said, hell yeah. And he goes, I have uh, orange cello. And he had these little tiny, uh, red solo cup shot glasses. He poured me a shot and he said to a great game today or whatever. And we said, go Irish. And we all had a shot together and it was just, it was, that, that was funny. It was just madness. It was great. So (laughs) it was, it was a really fun time. And, um, and I, th- I think people were really happy that they had a place to gather with other Notre Dame fans. And, you know, SU he was entirely very cool about um, letting us take over their whole student center underground, uh, it's a really it was a really nice space that they gave us. So I thought that was cool, too. So.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Yeah. It really worked out. Nice. Huh. So.
1: Well, they probably they probably want Notre Dame to visit more often. Yeah. Well,
0: you know, we we we, we definitely bought up their tickets. The whole place was full. Yeah. Um, you know, they announced a sellout crowd, so that was good. And uh there was this, there wasn't as much green as I thought I w- was gonna see, but it's hard because a lot of Notre Dame fans are wearing the blue shirt and yeah. you know, they got blue uh-huh. and stuff and uh on
1: the road it has to be green, y'all. It yeah, has that's to be
0: green. That's that's exactly right. We try to get the word out, you know, hey, we're green or whatever, but I don't think uh, we weren't that successful in, in sort of pushing that message. I I think in, in People got their outfits sh- picked out yeah and i wish we had you know uh we were gonna sell a shirt that was green um like a specifically designed game base shirt and it never got pulled off and and i don't exactly know what happened there because i saw design and everything and it was cool but um but it, nevertheless um good time and there was a there was a uh two guys from um from ontario kingston ontario which is right across the border from me never been to a notre dame game had been notre dame fans since you know, basically late Faust, early uh, Holtz era time. And they were just so geeked oh, to be at Notre Dame. So, yeah, it's nice. So that was
1: the first time they'd been to a Notre Dame game?
0: Yeah, that was their that first experience. Yeah. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And to go away with a win, right? And it just was like super awesome. So, yeah. And then afterwards, it, you know, we didn't plan anything for afterwards because, in 2003, they had planned something for afterwards, and no one showed up. It was like a effing ghost town. Like <laughs> they lost their shirt on that. So, the, you know, everyone was kind of nervous about, you know, like, you know, and, and so, you know, we just we directed people. To, there's plenty of Irish bars in, in Syracuse, so we just we just said meet us downtown. You know what I mean? So, um, right. <laughs> um, and you I, had all the
1: good thing is that you had all day and night to celebrate. Yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, I mean, that, yeah. those, those noon starts, man. You just keep getting that win. Uh, it's a good thing because it just it just hangs out all day with you. Yeah, oh, my sister, the, my sister, the noon win is
0: so. so we were just like, I, I just said I want to consume as much dinosaur barbecue as I can possibly put in my belly at this point. You know what I mean? So um, that's what we did. It was awesome. So I mean, there's nothing better than the noon win, right? No, because like it frees up your day and you're in a good mood. Yeah, good mood saying, the whole rest of the day. Yeah, yeah,
1: the whole rest of the day. It I, it's people get I mean, listen, People get a little, little iffy about these noon games. I'm a big lover of them. Not for every game, they don't have to, but you should have one or two sprinkled in a season. Just and I think Notre, I think Notre Dame Navy is still slotted for a noon game this year uh, on ESPN. That would, I don't but, see why that would change. Uh, Look at right. Navy. Right, but getting these getting these new games in, you're right. You get the whole day long. Your the score come. I mean, it's 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 a good feeling, and it's a on a normal. It wasn't a great college football Saturday, uh, but at least uh you had that win. You could you could watch other games and and have some fun and feel good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, glad I, I, I'm glad guys. I'm glad for
0: I, I thought we were gonna go home and watch a great game between um, Oklahoma state and Oof. Kansas state <laughs> um, <laughs> nope, and nope, nope. that did not happen. And <laughs> no, no. so we flipped over to Georgia. We can't <laughs>
1: talk about Oklahoma state on this podcast
0: anymore. Again, Georgia was a uh, Georgia was up 21, three on Florida. We're like, all right, I guess that's kind of, that's going to go, uh, that's going to go south. And so we flipped around and like, I think UCF Cincinnati was, like, the closest game for a while. Yeah. And then yeah. um, my nephew was like, um, Uncle Jude, did you see the score of the Georgia-Florida game? He's like, you might want to flip back there. And it was like, what, 28-20 all of a sudden? It was like, oh, shit, this is a game. And then it wasn't a game again. By
2: no. Yeah, there was the busted <laughs> coverage on the the long pass play. And then after that, it was like, well. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that was a fun five seconds, yeah. Yeah, yeah. C'est la vie. The only thing that uh you know being in the stadium, obviously you miss out on the other noon games. So when that Penn State, Ohio State score kept flashing up, I thought, oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, that was interesting.
0: And then, yeah. And
2: I had I had Penn State in my or I had Ohio State covering in my parlay for the day. And needless to say, I was very upset. And then I was very excited. And then for Penn State to uh, back door, the back door. I was, I was pretty pissed about that.
0: Yeah. Well, it was funny because, um, you know, we're walking out. I think we're we're getting like back to the hotel or whatever. And he, and my nephew said to me, he's like, "Yeah, Ohio State one forty four thirty one. 31 I said, "What the fuck?" The last the last update that I saw was like twenty one thirteen or something like that, or twenty. What was the what was the tight score late before they blew up?
2: It was a uh, Ohio Penn State was up.
0: Yeah, like 23 21 or something, or something like that. Yeah,
2: or, yeah, close. I can pull it real quick, but yeah, I was it. Was, Penn State was up close, and then Penn State started turning the ball over.
0: And uh, yeah, he, he yeah, goes, Ohio State, he goes, Uncle, you know, Ohio state scored four times in nine minutes or seven minutes or something. I was like, Oh, whoops! <laughs> and I said, Well, I said, that sounds like James Franklin for you, so uh,
2: absolutely, it sounds absolutely, like, yeah, it was um 21 16. It was 2116, 926 yeah, into the fourth <laughs> quarter, and then it ends up at 44-31, which is just bonkers.
1: That is <laughs> absolutely. So. Uh, so overall, Jude, fantastic experience for you.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, this the Syracuse fans um were good to us. The Notre Dame fans were they weren't combative. I didn't see anything like nobody got in anybody's face. Um, you know, the the best thing I saw actually, the funniest thing I saw was at halftime, um, somebody tried to let's go orange like in the hallway while we're like convening for the bathroom and some and they got out, they got out yelled, let's go Irish, because we had like a section basically. And uh the guy waited till it died down and and then he, in the same cadence of like let's go Irish and let's go orange, he goes you lost to Marshall and like there were some chuckles and then <laughs> somebody fired back with like, you lost to Maine, you know, or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, whatever that game Syracuse <laughs> lost like, a couple years ago. And they're like, you, and you know, then the guy was trying to argue like, well, that was this year and that, you know, this is a different Syracuse team or whatever. But I mean, it was 21 seven. You can't chant in that cadence when you have too many words. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> it's, it was 21 seven at the half. I mean, people were feeling good, you know? So, um, so yeah, there was a, it was a little chippy, but, uh, the guy immediately immediately to my left, this is really nothing to do with the game, but it's a funny story. The guy immediately to my left was looking really like he'd had two Bud Light tall boys and he was looking, he was looking pretty drunk. And so I just, I put my hand on his shoulder and I said, are you doing all right? Because I was actually worried about him. And he looked up at me, he snapped out of him and he said, yeah, I'm doing fire. Are you doing all right? And I said, yeah, he goes, it's good. <laughs> He said, "It's a good thing you're not a douchebag because he's like, I would be all in your face if you were." And I said, "Nah, I'm not. You know, I'm not really like that." And he goes, "He goes, hey man, do you smoke weed?" And I said, "Uh, <laughs> you know, my 10 year old son is to the right of me, right?" And I was like, "Uh, you know, it depends on the situation." And he's like, "Well, I got this vape pen. He's like, you want to take a hit from that?" And I was like, "Uh, I said no. You know, I said I don't know if you can hear my voice. I think I'm, I'm think I'm coming down with something." And he's like, "He's like, uh." OK, but I feel like if I peer pressure you, like you'll do it. And I said, well, <laughs> I, said, I said, well, no, my 10 year old son is sitting right next to me, so I don't think I will. He goes, you can turn towards me. He goes, oh, wait a second. Wait a second. He goes, I'm sorry. Should I have offered it to him first? Oh, no. <laughs> I got, I got honest to God, like I was, I, I, I was stifling a laugh because I was like, like it was so inappropriate, but it was, it was like, so it was so like off guard, inappropriate that I like kind of gave him a look. He goes, he goes, Hey man, I'm, he's like, I'm fucking stoned. He's like, don't, I, I think things I think are funny are not that funny. He's like, but I do I <laughs> And I said, okay. And he said, would you like to hear my jokes? And I said, uh, sure. What, what, you know, whatever. And this is like halftime, like, you know, marching band time or whatever. Right. And he's like, I was on the bus. He's talking about the shuttle from sky top to the, to the stadium. You know, and he's like, I was on the bus and he's like, the only good thing to come out of South Bend is the Ku Klux Klan. And I was like, you said that? And he's like, yeah. And I go, "Did people laugh? He goes, no. I said, I don't think that's that funny. He's like, I thought it was hilarious. Oh, my God. I was just like, I don't know how to extricate myself from this situ- this conversation because he literally has the seat next to him. was there. right next to you. That's the rest yeah.
2: of the game, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he was telling me about my his fantasy team and like he was naming every player on his fantasy team and i was like i i mean are, did we just become best friends I don't, I don't you know what i mean like it's just i crazy. think you did yeah I think you did we did not swap i, numbers got, so I, I will not get any hit.
1: Brandon, i think we got a caller on the line it's stoner on the left <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Uh, you're gonna. You, you should probably Jude for the next week and a half. Uh, make sure you keep up with the misconnections in the Syracuse newspaper. Oh my God, yes,
0: <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Maybe I should write it.
1: <laughs> Does Craigslist still have misconnections?
0: Hell yeah, hell yeah, they do. So they got their, They got rid of the, like the out and out sex right. situations, but they still have the like caught your eye. You were pumping gas at you know pump four at the local. Uh, you know, Bucky's or whatever. Like, um, oh. I feel like we shared a moment, you know, tell me what color sweater I was wearing. And, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Still exists. I love that shit.
1: <laughs> we used to sit around, uh, my sister-in-law, brother-in-law, <laughs> I read the, the Craigslist person <laughs> <laughs> and laugh our asses off when the girls didn't understand like what a Cleveland steamer was or anything <laughs> <laughs> <Like that. laughs> <laughs> we're just we're trying to explain it to him, you know, just roll, just die of laughing. Did and you, then they got rid you, of it. It's like, Oh, you, you could have easily
2: explained to Cleveland or just say it was uh what Garrett Schrader put on the field in
1: the first half. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, hey, we're well, gonna, nice we're transition gonna game. Well, we're going to get, I got I got a review. I want to get out of the way real quick. Oh yeah. Nice. Okay. Just re- remind everybody, get on over to Apple podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review and review that you leave. We will read, on the next OFT podcast, good or bad, looking for a certain type of review. Uh, what is that, Brennan?
2: Uh, we're looking for those earned Julian Love five-star reviews.
1: What if I told you there is a, a, a review that was an earned five-star demoted to three-star review sitting in the hopper right now? Uh, I'd love to hear the rationale for it. Yep. All right. Well, I got one here for you. This one's from David1967. Is it McDonald's? With a shamrock emoji. I don't know. This, this is this is very serious. This this has nothing to do with my hot takes on food. Uh, it says used to be five star, now a three star. Like the show, but you guys are wrong. The Irish didn't have any timeouts left on the last drive against Stanford. Facts matter. Also, Drew isn't a more accurate Ian Book. Drew the last two weeks has missed five open receivers for touchdowns. On this is by the way, this is written on Wednesday. Um, but you just, you know, it's Apple just came up, uh, his miss five. open receivers for touchdown on routine throws. And he focuses on Michael all the time. Blaming Tommy for everything is low hanging fruit. Two things can be true. Tommy needs to do a better job of using the p- backs in the passing game or two backs more often have to bias on the field more, but also the lack of execution by the players. Isn't Tommy's fault. It is Tommy. Is it Tommy's fault that our running back who looks like Tarzan, fumbles like Jane three of the f- last four games or styles has at least five drops the last two weeks or drew missing wide open wide receivers all the time. Also, which podcaster did you like best who didn't know that Notre Dame didn't have any timeouts left still have to time to earn that five stars back. You can do better. Go Irish. Yeah, that was a big mistake of ours. That was fair. That we, was we breezed right. We breezed right past it. And we, I think we talked about that. In the DMS group. Greg pointed out to us. That Greg called didn't, it out with like the podcast. But I think
2: though. we also caveated it too with saying like fake an injury as well. On that,
1: I think that was. Uh... Yeah, fake an injury was was definitely listed there. Hey, sure. We're not gonna get everything right all the time, <laughs> and we are shooting from the hip, ninety nine percent of the time when uh, we're recording this. So yeah, it's our bad. And I again, I read these reviews word for word, so wasn't a great review we're just answering you back. Yep. We messed up. We know it. Uh, You know, our bad. Uh, But I think the general theme of what we were getting at (laughs) was, uh, you should have your best player player out there. You can play the game. Yeah. So So do whatever. You got
2: one
0: one
1: guy, whatever it is. Ask Lane Kiffin about taking injuries. Yeah.
0: I mean, in a way (laughs) beating Syracuse is like, makes the Stanford loss more frustrating. I mean, it definitely gives me more. hundred percent for Clemson. But like, even if we beat Clemson, I would then be even more infuriated about Stanford.
1: Stanford's yeah. one of the worst teams on the schedule. And, and Stan, look, listen, that Stanford game is the one that you guys are not. I'm not I want to say it like that. Cause I'm not really accusing you guys. <laughs> but what was being said was when I kept pointing out the fucking fumble that was reversed as a reason, Notre Dame lost. I was like, that's not the way we, we, we should have beat them. We should have done this and that. That's that blah, blah, blah. No, no, screw you. Everything counts. Just squeaking out a win, no matter how the win happens, is what's important. The and I mean I was,
2: I was I blessed. was I was ragging on Cuse I was ragging on in the pregame about squeaking out wins against shitty teams. And
1: Notre Dame didn't but if we squeak had, out But if that fumble was not reversed and they Notre Dame had that ball, we win that game. 17. And now Notre Dame is six and two oh. and we're staring down the barrel of a New Year's six and we're staring down the barrel of making dumb noise in the college football playoff. Not to say that Notre Dame would ultimately be ranked in the top four, but they would squeak. They would be squeaky up there. They'd be moving up there because they keep knocking off these ranked teams. They already and, have
2: more ranked wins which is, to this point in the season than the 2015 and 2005 teams that America loves. Which,
1: <laughs> which is I, amazing. I think, I, think I think we should just be ranked 16 because we own it. Like we should just like they should just like 2019. Stick us at 16 and let us sit there for the rest of the season.
0: When the when the uh, reviewer says can't two things be true at the same time, I think of things like we beat more ranked teams this year than 2015 and 2005. But I also think of what was your favorite Drew Drew Pine completion in the second half of the series. What
2: was your he had five he had five (laughs) passes and I mean everybody saw it coming. But I put out a Twitter poll, and I was like over-under 5.5 uh, pass attempts from Drew Pine in the second half going in at halftime. And I think uh, over was the the take, but I knew he wasn't throwing one five. It's the same thing. And
1: I the, I didn't see that tweet until later, Brendan, and I had tweeted out something about, I bet Drew, I bet Drew Pine doesn't throw five passes uh, in, in this half. You, I didn't even see your poll and, until, until a half I mean, hour after. Uh, uh, Drew yeah, Pine
2: is not a more accurate uh, Ian book. Drew Pine, like there's people who are pounding the table.
1: About Drew Pine being. Can we say that? You
2: know, I, I mean we've we've hit on it. I, mean, like, back, I feel like, back, like, he, I, feel like no. I could have
1: had a few in me and been like like hey, you know, he's he's winning games and he's hitting 73% of his passes. That's a more accurate yeah, book. I think I could probably say
2: I i mean I'm I, I, I could see it. myself saying that. I probably did that. because best. he would he went 73 <laughs> so 70 and 78% completions, all basically and, and I mean this is something that we touched on before where if if he can't complete passes to Mayer, he's not going to achieve 70% completion rate. And look, it, it panned out again. Like, he's a bad quarterback. There's not a better option out there. There just is not. Steve Ancelli is not going to come in and fix this football team as a true freshman.
1: So Or RP3, unfortunately.
2: Or RP3. So we are stuck with a quarterback who was, you know— Targeted Mayer seven times, completed three of the passes. He finished 47% completion. If he can't complete 70% of the passes to Michael Mayer, he's not going to finish 70% completion. He's not a good quarterback, and there's nothing they can do about it. This is the hand that we were dealt, and this is what we have for the rest of the season. So there's no use complaining about it. Um, If there's things to complain about, it's can a running back break a tackle. But yeah, we were wrong. Drew Pine at the the time, we bought Fool's Gold with the three straight – 70% 70% completions. He's not a more yeah, accurate. He is a um, less accurate Matt Lavecchio.
1: What I don't like is when when you do criticize Pine, when people start bringing up Buckner. And it's like, this has nothing. Buckner's this gone. This has nothing to do yeah. with Buckner. Yeah, Buckner's, yeah, Buckner's gone. gone. And Buckner won the job. We saw, what, a game and a half of him this year. And it still it does not change the fact that Drew Pine leaves a lot Desired. I mean, it's just it, it doesn't change anything. It doesn't. You're trying to win an argument that doesn't exist. We're just saying oh. Drew Pine is is needs a lot of help, and he needs a lot of help from that offensive line and of running backs.
0: And I on Saturday against
1: Syracuse, he got it.
0: And I honestly believe that if Steve jelly could run the offense. Ninety percent as well as Drew Pine, he would be in that game already. He would be starting already. I, I just maybe seventy percent. Maybe seventy yeah, I mean, percent. Like it's just there's no way that he can be ready if Drew Pine is struggling this poorly this oh, much. Man. And there uh, were
2: shots, Jude. There were shots, Jude, of Tommy Reese in the booth, hand uh hands and head just <laughs> beside himself. Beside like himself. After, after, and that's why they and, and here's the thing, and here's and how was, you know the staff didn't. It was have,
1: those skipped passes. Oh Right, God, yes. yeah, yeah,
2: it, it was the one was that he was throwing ones. low. Uh, like, the one, the style. Comes to mind where he just skipped it, and it's just like, and and the pick to Mayor was brutal too. It's just, and that's why they didn't let him throw in the second half. Like, yes yeah, it, the, you, the, you the, five you know, pass attempts.
0: Is I think both the balls he threw to Colsey were great. It, my recollection was that yeah. they were really like <laughs> yeah. pretty balls. Hit him with the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> And the one,
2: the one long shot, the 37 yarder, he had to mayor, the 37 yarder that he had to mayor. I mean, if he would have hit mayor in stride, he would have scored, but I mean, he still got it down there 30 plus yards. So
1: so here's a a storyline or a narrative that, that can get twisted up. You know, preseason, we're all worried about wide receivers, right? We're all worried about wide receivers and who's going to step up and who's going to do this. And, you know, I think gradually as the season has gone gone along you've seen wide receivers step up like they're i I put it in one of my post-game stories it's like it's not like it's these guys have all blown up at the same time but like once you do it in a game once you see it once you see a guy do it then you should know that that's that's available now you know lorenzo styles for the all the issues of the drops we've seen him play lights out we've we've seen Jaden thomas play well now we've seen dion Cole. that's three wide receivers we've seen have yeah, g- good games, doing correct things. You can't discount that. Like the, the, we have guys that this isn't a wide receiver problem now. Th- it's, it's a is yeah. what it has been since day one, and it's a quarterback problem, whether that be Pine or Buckner. It's because you look can't at the defend himself if you look play the, because of, if you
2: look across the sideline at Syracuse, they have a wide receiver problem where everybody yes. except for Gadsden is awful. Like legitimately awful. They don't have anybody. Like they like Del Rio looked better, I guess, but sort of in like a Drew Pine looked better against Cincinnati. He was scary. Del
1: Rio's Del Rio Wilson scared the shit out of me. Because well, he was launching
0: them. Was, I mean he was, was launching them, but he still was a fifty percent completion rate. He looked like a guy with nothing they were true. drops. He looked like a guy with nothing to lose. He was in yeah. the game and he was like, you know what? I'm here. I just want to have fun. Let's let me fucking sling it. Yeah. And to be honest with you, when you don't have any tape on a guy, um, you know, things like that will, will happen. Right. Well, That's
2: why I say that it was like Drew Pine against uh, Cincinnati where he just comes in in the second half and he says he's just not running real plays and just slinging it. And Drew Pine in that game had like a 50 percent completion, com- you know, rate, But it it worked ish. Sort of, not really. I mean, the dude was
1: 50% completion and threw a pick. So, I'm, so where do you guys want to get in? By the way, thank you for the review. I uh, hope you stick around because it's it's never great and it's never terrible, but uh, it's still a five-star. Um, <laughs> where do you guys really want to start out with this game? I mean, I mean we've, we've started in on it now, but I mean, do you want to start with the first seven seconds? Uh, and vindication? I yeah, mean, I think
0: vindication is the right way. Honestly, voting. it it, cooked, it it was like a pressure release valve because of all the anxiety that I had about this game just, just in general. And, you know, you guys heard me talk at, at length about it in the last podcast to know that we were up seven points automatically. Like we st- almost like we started the game and we took off. We took away that first drive from them was just so huge. Even when they responded, I thought, I'm not I'm not yet worried. You know, and but so you still haven't
2: seen Notre Dame's offense yet.
0: Right. Yeah. And then <laughs> they lined up and it was five yards, four yards, and there was third and one and they did their typical third down and people went loud and crazy. And I thought, did you see the first two runs here? You didn't even get close to stopping them. You know what I mean? Like basically like they looked like they were running over you. And I don't remember, if I don't think it was the first drive, but there was a, a shot where estimate was met at the line by a guy who just went unblocked and estimate, pushed that guy straight up and then moved him four four yards. And it was like, Oh, okay. We're just going to play bully ball today. This is awesome.
1: Oh, yeah. From like the that. jump, from the jump, the, the offensive line was recreating the line of scrimmage two to three yards from the snap. Like as soon as the ball is snapped, that line of scrimmage moved. Like it was like, so, so it looked, maybe it looked like a back was, was going right behind a offensive lineman's ass, which is normally like right where the line of scrimmage is at, right? No, he's already got two yards. It it was, it looked like varsity versus JV in the trenches. It really did. It was so noticeable, and I couldn't figure out like, I knew. I mean, I've watched Syracuse this year and watched me. I never really saw like, is Notre Dame's offensive line? Did they really? Have they really figured it out? Because there, there was a moment, you know, without Patterson against Ohio State and then Patterson's first game back against Marshall, two losses, and we're like, this is not looking good. And now all of a sudden they've, they've had weeks now of this where they have looked really well and everything they've done. I mean, Joe Alt was like, it's like the highest grade. I don't know about after this weekend, but before Saturday, he was the highest graded left tackle in PFF fake math. I mean, it, it's the guy they've been doing fantastic. So just from the jump, seeing them like I, I think Fortuna said it on the Shamrock podcast. So I'll give him credit uh, because it was a great it was a great way to say it. Notre Dame made Syracuse look like fourth, da- fourth quarter beaten down. Syracuse, Like, oh, it was, like when the offensive lines where where you down, which is beating you up all game long. They made Syracuse look like that, like right away, which is something which is. Something. I mean, that is a, that is something else. That's you don't see that even like, you know, playing like a, like a UNLV or a Bowling green, you don't see that a lot of times you saw that Saturday. That was impressive. My one
2: concern in terms of the, cause I, I, I mean, you cannot come away from watching that football game and not be impressed with Notre Dame's offensive line and the running game in general. Um, sans Chris Tyree. Uh, but the one concern I have and and I want like all season long, it's been the exact same thing from this running game and well, not all season long. I would say from like post Cal onward or like maybe second half Cal onward is that they have been very good at getting two to three yards of push and then getting five, six yards almost effortlessly running the football but the fact that on the year they've only had eight rushes of more than 20, yard, 20 yards plus as that a is something team, else. it is something else. They are, they are not breaking off but, long but runs. There's to, that, but there's a reason for that,
1: Brendan. But There's a reason for that. Well, what, what's a reason? Well, first of all, most of your carries now since that point are going to estimate and digs. Yeah. Neither of which are, neither of which are burners. Josh Adams wasn't a burner, and Kyron Williams wasn't a burner. Josh Adams absolutely was a burner. Josh Josh Williams was not a
2: burner. I've seen both of their 40 times, and neither one was a burner. I thought you said Josh Adams. Yeah, Josh Adams is not a burner either. I've seen both of their 40 times, and neither one is a burner. Logan Diggs is as fast as either one of them in a 40, Uh,
1: in a burner. I agree to disagree on that one. What I'm getting to is your your burner, your guy who nine ten carries – Let's say seven carries in, maybe has, you know, 27, 30 yards, but that next carry is 70. You know what I mean? Tyree just, Tyree is, 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 is the big play back, quote unquote, that we had thought we had going into the season and had just not been there. So Estime, who is, I mean, Dino Babers probably said it best <laughs> after the after the game. He's like the big dude, that the big guy. <laughs> you know, this bowling ball. He has a he has a very big lean. You guys ever notice – Watch Estime run. Every time he ends the run, you know, he, it's a huge lean. Like he is pushing for pushing is forward. Always,
2: yeah, it, it ensures that which he which gets
1: it, which is susceptible which yards. is susceptible to a trip too. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's, yeah. it's also. You know, you're not going to be on your feet as you know towards that end there. And you know, Diggs is, Diggs has been playing well. I even I said in one of the in one of the post game um, things I wrote, you know, Diggs had a better yards per carry against UNLV, and I still thought his performance was against Syracuse, which was much more impressive, for whatever reason. I it doesn't make any sense, right? It doesn't make any sense at all. But just watching it. It looked much more impressive than what I was watching in, against LV, I, I don't know how I don't know how to say it.
2: But, but here's the thing, but, but I mean, he's, but he's I don't running think in traffic, and there's got. He's, he's running got to in traffic, that. but I don't think you need four
1: four speed to run the ball thirty, forty yards. Well, what else, to, is, Brendan? What else is going on? What 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 are defenses doing to Notre Dame? They're dropping eight, right? So I, if you are not in man, co- they are not in man coverage almost ever. There are players zoned out all over the place. So, creating big,
2: big. So, why hasn't there been a single broken tackle? Because all it takes is one broken tackle. All it takes is one missed assignment. All it takes is is one guy. Not
1: not when the defense is running zone, you may break that tackle and there's two guys sitting there and another zone. I mean, you're going to get 16, 17 yards. I've seen up to to this point,
0: there there was definitely like two or three plays. Where there was the oh, ball I agree. run, I, and, and it was the last, the last guy that touched before he would have broken it, and right. it was like got tripped. Up I
1: don't it. disagree with Brendan. I really don't disagree with Brendan on this. I'm just saying, watching it, I see why. It's just maddening. And my my biggest takeaway is your biggest home run threat has has been anything but, uh, and that's all. But I, yeah. I agree with Brendan on that. It's just it's like can we get a Can we get a sixty yarder? You
2: know? Yeah, why can why can Kaelin LeBron for Marshall bust off a long run against Notre Dame, but Notre Dame can't seemingly get anything north of twenty (sighs) eight?
1: Well, because we're throwing a safety blitz. Once he gets past the line of scrimmage, there's nobody there.
2: Yeah, but why can't Notre Dame have a, a safety blitz in an in, in instance like that? Like
1: they drop eight because they're just they're sitting but back. But Marshall's there a dink and to dunk up. offense too. Well, like, it's why not can't
0: like Notre Dame seal an edge at the one time they they could really, really run yeah. off, like you know, down, dance down the sidelines. You know, it's just it, it's frustrating. I get it.
1: It is frustrating. I it. I uh, at the same I time, what, and, The slow bludgeoning. I will say though, at the same time, the slow bludgeoning. Does have a it it did hold on it did have a fun feel to it until again Dino Babers post game basically calling Notre Dame uh, Army maybe an Air Force yeah <laughs>
2: so that was, was less than desirable
1: that was a low blow
2: <laughs> and well I guess here's part of my and we'll probably talk about this in the, the Clemson week but you you need to be able to have like a 40 cuz you're not getting those chunks in the passing game with any sort of regularity so, so like it, it, it at a minimum you need it to be able to flip field they need to be able to break long runs it, this isn't sustainable in the long term against some maybe some of the the larger defensive short lines term. that they play or even in the st- short term because yeah, that's yeah, kind of what yeah. got him into some We're, trouble against Stanford is – I mean yeah, if this is the short rushing term. numbers – it, it wasn't <clears throat> awful, right? The rushing numbers weren't awful I just, against –
0: It's like I can't – I still can't figure out why we couldn't push Stanford's defensive line around the way that we just pushed Syracuse's <laughs> defensive line.
2: <laughs> but they did
1: because you look it, at it – It's because we didn't have any timeouts, dude.
2: They averaged <laughs> yards per carry against Stanford than they did against Cuse because they only averaged 4.39 yards per carry against Cuse and they averaged 4.41 against Stanford. They went for 34 and 150 against Stanford. It's just they're not breaking long runs, and that's something that like you know the last time well, their team we, played Clemson in the regular season, it was a Kyron run that just changed the the course of the game. When your partner in the
1: when your partner in the offense, the passing game isn't pulling its weight in that regard. I do think that does that, that that, that makes it harder for them to do that. They, what they're doing, like I'm not making excuses for these guys. I I agree with you on all this and it is frustrating, but I think there's all sorts of reasons that go into this and what, how, how that pie chart gets divvied out. I don't know, but definitely the lack of explosion in the passing game, the lack, lack of creativity in the passing game, lack of completions in the passing game, lack of yards, big plays, whatever you want to name it, the passing game is just, uh, I, that creates problems for Notre Dame's running game. If Notre Dame had, had a more competent quarterback right now, maybe that's a bigger difference for our running game, which has been good, but could it be great? Uh, if it had a complimentary partner, uh, going into each game. And I, I think the answer is yes. Uh, but, we're never going to find that one out this year. Like yeah. that is not going to happen. That's not
0: happening. Yeah. I also wonder how many times we could possibly get away with this, um, you know, two block punts, a game strategy uh, before <laughs> <laughs> we become a runs out team. Right. Here's um,
2: the thing I would say about that though, Jude is, um, is it luck anymore? I don't think it's, I don't think it's luck. I don't think it's running out. Like, I, I think if you just like, if you had a block punt, um, you could you could chalk that up to being luck, but they are so prolific at it at this point where I think it's a weapon.
1: And even when they don't get to it, they're affecting the punt one way or another, whether they have to block differently, whether – I mean it, is, yeah, it, it's funny cause I right, it is a weapon right now. The one that wasn't the
0: obvious block I just thought was a shank because the, they, the guy was in his face so quick, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just I, I think this is a this is the real deal. This is the real.
0: You know, the other thing the is like, here. You know, You're never gonna you're, you're you know if you're relying on pick sixes too, like that's not gonna you know like we. The turn no, up, but
1: we haven't relied on those all year.
0: Yeah, the turnover <laughs> is great because because what have we been complaining about Pine all 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 year, right? He gets uh, right. passes batted at the line and they fly up in the air and they turn into interceptions. Well, guess what? We got one of those. You know.
1: Well, our big our big one of our big complaints and this has nothing to do with Pine has been the defense, like even for the lack of scoring that, you know, they're not giving up these huge numbers of teams, but what have we been saying? Make plays like the, fucking do something. They you know, are, make, they 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 are did automatic
0: that. points in the red zone. It's, it's really yes. frustrating.
1: Yeah, that is frustrating. But
0: and you're going to score in Notre Dame.
1: Exactly. But like I said, make, you know, making plays, you got a pick six, got another interception. You got some sacks. Like they were making plays on Saturday, which was which is something that they have not been doing all season long. So moving forward, like is that something we can, can we get, should we expect? No, no one should expect a pick six. Uh, but expecting a team to be more prolific in havoc and creating turnovers can be a thing as long as they make it a thing. And we have, we're just gonna have to watch <laughs> the next game. To see if they build upon that. Um, DJ Uyangalet is someone who has been. He's throwing some picks. Not, yeah, you throw some picks.
2: I watched that Cuse game. Oh, we okay. all watched that Cuse game. Uh, m- and maybe, maybe because going into the Cuse game, we were a lot of the narrative about Notre Dame's defense is where the make plays. Who's making plays? Nobody's making plays, and we kind of goofed on um, Isaiah Foskey and getting like. Padding your stat sacks. Well, you got a legit sack on Saturday against the top sixteen team, right? And Brandon yeah. Joseph um made a play. Their plays made yeah. by and the defense. So maybe And I'll say in the
1: DMs before the before the Syracuse game, we we spoke on. about Brandon Joseph. We, I mean, yeah, we were dunking on him like is yeah. something gonna ever th- this is
0: that was actually this a- is one of the biggest that's actually a really funny moment because um, my self-service went out right as Brendan was uh, dunking on Brent, Brandon Joseph. And then uh, the first play of the game, I look up and I go to like, T- say something to you guys and I realized that my cell service isn't going to like help me like, you know,
2: wait, wait, what's the name of the stadium that you, Jude, what was the name of the stadium? You it's were in? a JMA wireless. Dome. It's a, it's the funniest thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know It's it, not the funniest thing because <laughs> it was the carrier dome for like a hundred years and it didn't have air
1: that's conditioning. So funny. No air conditioning. Um,
0: you know, when it started to actually flow where you could actually get service, um, as soon as uh, Syracuse fans started exiting the stadium because they had no faith that their team was going to win, which was great. So. Do
2: you think that if we keep dunking on the fact Notre Dame doesn't have long runs, that we're going to will it into
0: existence? Uh, well, I was just going to say that I, I you know, maybe. maybe maybe calling a player out and like like the uh, you know like our predecessors used to say, putting him on on a milk carton and asking where he is. You know, I was I I asked about where Jordan Batella was the other day, and sure you know, showed up. he showed
1: that's up. That's on point, isn't it,
0: dude? Yeah. That's
2: unprofessional.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to gonna have to hide that I was, one. I thought I was doing my fucking job. My bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: too good, too good. Oh
1: man, so I <laughs> yeah, I think one of the funnier things from this game is the. I mean, it is funny, isn't it? I mean, Notre Dame has three ranked wins this year, all against the team that was ranked number 16 at the time. Uh, I mean, what the hell are we even doing? Two of them are
2: still ranked wins. BYU fell off a cliff. Right, right. But. Yes. And, you know, what's funny about that, and here's the funny part about that, is that the two games that Notre Dame has looked the most impressive in has been the two teams that have remained ranked. And the BYU game, I don't think Notre Dame looked particular. I mean, they won by eight, um, and they you know sputtered in the red zone, which contributed to it. But BYU was a great performance. uh, Yeah, BYU's the the worst of the bunch. So the better the like Notre (laughs) Dame is playing to the level of competition, most assuredly. And uh, in the case of Cuse in North Carolina, like we can say this Cuse game was a blowout, right? I mean, it got a little bit dicey at the end of the third quarter. But there was, I mean, we spent the majority of the fourth quarter. I mean, there's still an the entire
1: fourth quarter. There's still an yeah. entire fourth quarter, which Notre Dame outscored uh, Syracuse, what, 17 to seven. Yeah. Yeah. So it was comfy. It was a comfy I mean, win.
0: Yeah. The, on, the only time I, I was at all sweating was uh, John Sott was punting back to Syracuse with us up 24-17. And I thought. This feels icky. I can't believe we were at 24-7 and now we're at 24-17 with Syracuse getting
1: that was a little gross. That was a little gross. I uh, think I might've,
2: it was a three and out. It was right after they kicked the Qs, kicked the field goal. And then there was the three and out. And then, um, Notre Dame
1: had two, three and outs in a row. One at the end of the third and one at the beginning of the fourth, where they had six plays, five yards. And it was just like, Hmm. Like, is this going to be a thing? And then, but then leave Leah the pick and you know. got yep. A pick. Yep. Got, got a big, got a, you know, look short field. This is, that's what I'm, I guess that's part of like the defense make plays, yo, because then, you know, you're shortening up these fields, 54 yards for the touchdown. You know, that's that that's a nice thing to have, right? You know, the, 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 punt, the punt, the punt block. You had, you had uh what, two yard you're on the two yard line, one play ding, Uh, so being complimentary of each other uh, helps out tremendously. So they blew, Notre Dame blew them out. Like it was a physical beatdown. Like I don't think Garrett Schrader should have been playing. No. At all. I think the first of all, I think that broadcast that ESPN put together was absolute horseshit. The amount the of the fact that they Felicio they the performed fact they,
2: on Tucker too was
1: well altered. the fact that they put out the things that Syracuse told them. Like Syracuse said, Syracuse. They teams give these the broadcasts things you know throughout the course of the week right so this whole thing about schrader is absolutely insane uh because he we knew going brendan we talked about it before right like he was on 100
2: we didn't do it in the uh the podcast the pod. but i was watching the game and i was reading some of um uh, dino baber's quotes and he was talking about how the toughness of the post clemson game and the, they got some players that are dinged up and I I I was watching the Cuse game and or the Cuse, um Clemson game when I was writing my article, and I noticed Schrader came up a little bit limp after a hit, and I was like, he's not healthy. He's gonna he's he's not healthy for this game. And
1: well, I thought I thought Jessica um, and and Chris on the Rick's report this uh, Sunday morning made a great point. Um, the the broadcast like completely ignored a play where Schrader got smoked in the head. I think with Howard Cross's knee. Yeah. Fucking just crushed him. He did the same thing. Tua did. that. He got, he got, he got up and got, got up and was woozy and stumbled. It's Buffalo. And yeah. the, everyone was talking about his fucking ankle. And then Sterak, sent him back out there after what appears to be like, I'm, uh, I don't know what <laughs> about. I have they sent him out. They sent oh, him out there after head injury. Like they didn't I don't, like I don't know maybe, if it was a head maybe injury. Someone saw it, he didn't explain it. I don't know it either, but I just, don't know if it was a head injury because it, you
2: wonder. He didn't run. He just had the one run the whole game. And if you've watched any any <sighs> amount of Syracuse this entire season, you know that Garrett Schrader running can run. is but that's that's like dangerous. One of the focal components of their offense is him on designed runs and when the pocket breaks down, him running. And he didn't do that at all in the first half. And like through the first quarter, the fact that he didn't have a run, I was like – and you look at him and he's sort of like gimpy. He couldn't put any – like zip behind the ball. He was like under throwing and skipping footballs and putting it behind
1: guys. And there didn't, but see it had to be beat. from the, from the opening snap because he had two yeah, he was hurt rushing. From attempts.
2: Yeah. Well, he had the, yeah, he was Open hurt from snap. the opening snap, Russian, yeah. two rushing attempts. The
1: entire, isn't that entire half that he played, but the it's
2: sacks it, and the hits and like, anytime he got like, there was a gate to his walk and just, you could tell he wasn't like, I'm, I'm, curious at like I mean Dino knew um, that you couldn't just
1: throw I was trying to you. think there was a game there's a Jude maybe you remember there was a game like in the last few years Notre Dame played where they did they beat the living shit out was it the Virginia quarterbacks
0: no, no it was Wake Forest uh 2018 we Wake, were like yeah, where we literally they, were like
1: they, you they, gotta
0: take this kid out because he's man. getting absolutely murdered yeah yes is Ian Book's first start
1: yeah, there you go. I just there had, there had been a game or two even that I just I noticed that they had just like destroyed a quarterback like in the cleanest of ways. And that's what they did Saturday. It was just like he was 5 of nope, 14, dude, if you're if you're hurt, if you're hurt, you're about to be more hurt. Yeah. Well, he
2: was 5 of 14 for 35 yards in the first half. Like that was not the same quarter, and maybe the game's different. Like, finally, we are on the receiving end of facing a team from a body blow, right? Clemson sort of uh, yeah pulverized him. They
0: didn't
1: get the, hey, they didn't get that bye week,
0: no. no.
2: And and Notre no. Dame always has to play teams coming off Navy, and they're a little bit dinged up and banged up. And I mean, Garrett Schrader was not. He was. I would. I I said going into the game, he wasn't going to be 100%. And I doubt he was even like 60% because he wasn't running and there was nothing behind the football that he was throwing. Um, It was almost – I mean, Dino – I mean, you put – you set the kid up to fail. Um, I don't know if he had any choice um, because I don't know how good Del Rio Wilson would have been. But – yeah, they said that I mean, this,
0: game was. It's kid who's a 60 percent, 65 percent passer who th- th- went five for 14. I just clear was not right.
2: Not right, not and he right. only ran twice. Not right, and, yeah. jump. and only one of them was designed. Yeah. The the yeah, nine the,
1: yard. And don't forget either that that touchdown pass that he threw. I'm I'm pretty sure my wife could have thrown that one. Yeah. Single coverage, no safety help against the true freshman Yeah the entire entirety of the field was given to him other than the back corner of, of the end zone. Yeah. It, all it needed was a ball in the air and the yeah. guy was going to come down with it. Uh, it was like, it was Gatson, wasn't it? Yeah, it was
2: Gatson. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was Gatson. And you had him mean, matched that, up against Morrison. It didn't matter. Yeah. It was just not. Yeah. So it wasn't like, it was like he was making these tremendous throws, uh, before I, he was, he was struggling from the jump. Um, but yeah, if he's struggling, like Sean tu- what is it with Sean Tucker? He's a jack. I, like he, was, was, he had Brandon a big
2: season last year. Brandon
0: called this really well.
2: He had a big season last year, and throughout the entire broadcast, I, they just kept trying to make – Tessitore just tr- kept trying to make him into being something that he's not. And he's not. he's not a very – he's not a great running back. And, and like, I think he's, maybe, okay. Maybe he I think he's
1: okay. He's, he's yeah, a he's good okay. running back, but like he, he did like, not, he, we, t- he was not, he never scared me beforehand. I did say, I mean, I wasn't worried about him like going off on Notre Dame, but he was a guy I thought could could be more than serviceable. And like, in this game, I just didn't 16 carries for 60 yards. That's, I mean, maybe, that's a, maybe this is what if Notre you Dame got him a great running back. Then Notre Dame did a hell of a job because they, they dominated him. He had, a, he had a couple of runs, but, I mean, that that, that happens. He had about 60 yards. One of those was 21. So, so 15 for 39. Whoo. But
2: maybe this is what Notre Dame does, right? Because we were so, sold Jaden Ott. Jaden Ott's been pretty good this year uh, for so, Cal, and Notre Dame Lended him to, to what, uh, 13 for 33. So when they're focused in on a good Laybourne run. Back, must
1: be a guy. should be a Heisman candidate.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, maybe he, so, maybe he should be. Um in this game, Sean Tucker went into the um he was I think he's now fifth on the all time Syracuse rushing list. So he's and he's only That's fifty crazy. yards he's only fifty yards behind Larry Zonka, right? And so like but Brendan Brennan did this perfect like had this perfect. Like he doesn't show up in big games. He's like it actually kind of reminded me of Saquon, right? Right, which is in Penn State like Saquon yeah, would the like, same thing. Would yeah. we would, would get grabbed 200 off of like Indiana or whatever. But then when it came to like Michigan, Michigan was, or Ohio like, State, Michigan, State. No show, right. Yeah. So Sean Tucker has put up a lot of yards for Syracuse, but he's also played a lot of bad teams. And you know what? That 21 yard run that he had was a good run, but good run. it was you know nice also a third, a third of his that's yards. It's really soft from him all
1: day. You know, yeah. it wasn't that that was towards the beginning of the game, too, wasn't it? Uh, that was like
2: early on. Uh, that was his second rush of the game.
1: Yeah, yeah. So which which helped feed into whatever narrative that you know, the broadcast wanted to put out, had which is just the day. It, was, it wasn't a very good. It wasn't a very good broadcast. No, uh, like they, they were I mean,
2: trying they to had call their on that late hit.
1: They're were, they were trying to say that there was a late hit on that sideline when the when he got smoked inbounds completely, and like they spent a couple. They spent a minute on it. And it's like, what are we doing here? That's not even. I, to a late I wish hit. they would have spent a minute on that uh, offsides. Right?
0: It was a. Uh, it was too far away for me to see. Was J.D. Bertrand somehow involved in that uh, late hit? Was that Bertrand? I don't, I don't know if it was. I think Bertrand. it was Bertrand.
2: Uh, I mean, he, he was. To, he
0: had both feet Somebody, he had both somebody with the twenty the in the, the numbers, team. right? Maybe Kaiser. I don't know. But I don't know. Doesn't
1: got, matter. But, doesn't matter. I think it was Kaiser. Anyway, not, it was. It was clearly a, a, a legal hit, and they spent they spent at least a minute, like, "Oh, Syracuse fans that gets laid hit," which is comical. Like, all right, you're at a stadium at their home stadium; they're, anything close is gonna get riled up. But like, you can see this clear as day as it happened, and then in the two second replay, you didn't have to talk about it. Talk about it for over a minute, yet you had an interception get reversed because of a penalty, and nothing to show for it. Like, what? An interception in the end zone, no less. And that was when, I think, Syracuse scored that. T- that was the touchdown drive, right? Yeah, that was the garbage With, uh, touchdown,
2: yeah. The garbage With touchdown, Brandon yeah. Joseph, we got a second pick uh, robbed from him. Yeah. Well, they had that uh, that off, uh, the offsides earlier um, in the, yeah. the beginning of the game where basically the the nose guard was punching Zeke Krell in the face before the ball was even snapped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, we weren't going to get calls. I mean, the most penalized team in college football managed to have a clean half of penalties in the first half. You're it not going to get
0: calls bad. You're well, not going to get calls bad. in That's the ACC. My, my neighbor texted me and said, nice soccer style dive on. I was it Jaden Thomas who got called who, who got, who drew the off offensive pass inter, or the uh, defensive pass interference play that set up the, uh, yeah. Yeah. uh was the SMA touchdown. And, yeah. uh, and I thought, uh, I mean, you know, I said, blame your conference refs, man. Yeah, They're calling a really they, bad game.
2: <laughs> Syracuse had like, three it was like, penalties, and they didn't have their first penalty called until the third quarter.
1: This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-Heated Wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec Compression Boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and HyperVolt Massage Guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com.
2: How do you make a vacation
0: last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great, you'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at Aruba.com.
1: And it was was wild to me that there was. How do do you reverse that Jaden Thomas reception?
2: It looked like
1: it skipped off his hand, right? It was a call to reception on the field. No camera angles could show the ball hitting the ground at all. They saw the ball come up except for the fact that it, both his hands were completely underneath the ball. Yeah, You can't – Nothing. none of that says you can reverse that. None of it. And sure enough, they did.
2: You're not – like – and here's the thing. Whenever you're playing in an ACC opponent – you will never get the benefit of the other penalties. You are playing a twelfth man. You're always going to be playing the refs, and that's just how it goes, right? I mean, that's that's how a team like a Michigan State has to feel any time they play a Michigan or an Ohio State, or that's how you know Utah has to feel when they're playing. Well, we didn't beat anybody bad. up in the tu- in
1: the tunnels. USC,
2: Ooh. no, we sure didn't. Jesus
1: Christ, um, Michigan! That was, oh my uh, God! Four
2: players suspended that was, from that, and it, it that was the
0: talk that, talk radio today. Oh my God! As it should be that.
1: Mel Tucker should be the talk of college football right now. That I mean, you, you him, want to talk about running wild? Like, first of all, I have no. Obviously, we have no love for Michigan at all on this podcast. Am I correct? No, 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 no. zero, like, negative. But Blake Corham going into the press conference <laughs> post game, the first things out of his mouth is, "Hey, Tuck coming." Everyone keeps saying Tuck coming. Like, okay, man, that's cool. I'll I'll back, <laughs> I'll back right. that. Because what we're seeing from Tuck is a team completely out of fucking control. Your whole system is out of control, he and you're not winning football games either. He can It might be the worst coaching. Like, if let's pivot
2: real quick to Mel Tucker. First of all, you have a non-existent run game. Everything was predicated the pre, you you got your contract extension because of Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker is gone, and now you don't have a run game. You don't have a special teams unit entirely. You've, they've kicked one field goal all year. They don't have a field goal kicker. They were holding, they hold tryouts before every game. They've kicked one field goal this year. The whole season.
1: We're seven we games. we saved in. Audra Estime from this nonsense.
2: I mean, they sure we did. We saved or, them guys. But not only that, but they had two punt snaps go over their punter's head. And they have like you know.
0: Wait, somebody had a, had trouble with the snap.
2: They sure did against Michigan. They had a they had a trouble with the snap against Michigan. and set Michigan up for, uh, you know, one of the only two times they completed in the red zone all night because they were miserable. I think they went. They had seven red zone trips and kicked five field goals. But yeah, but they covered I mean, right. <laughs> they did not cover. They I thought it was I thought it was twenty two and a half. Twenty two and a half, and it was a twenty
0: two point it was win. Twenty two point win. Yeah, I. Yeah. I saw that and I thought, oh crap! No, so I, my... no that's good. We no, it was a no, you and me did. Yeah,
2: you and me, you and me are good, Josh. Jude, yeah, no, remember yeah, I was
0: dithering. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so uh, so you you Brendan can't put together the special teams in that game and, was dead on.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you can't put together the special teams. Your secondary has been just non-existent. You've given up a hundred points in Ohio State the last two seasons. A hundred points in the last two seasons to Ohio State you don't have an existing secondary. You don't have a special teams unit. You don't have a running game. What is it that you're doing? You can't control your players. They're, they're fighting people in the tunnels. What are you doing to earn $95 million? Mel Tucker.
1: That was an ugly scene, man. That was, I mean, of everything on the field, that that was ugly. That's one thing. And, and that alone could, should discount Mel Tucker's 10 year contract that he has. It's all guaranteed, man. but, <clears throat> but what was going but what's going on behind the scenes and in the locker room to allow that to happen, to make that okay. And look, I'm with, I'm, you know, I, I get it. People are like, well, what did that, what did that guy do? I get it. I totally get it as a hothead myself. I'm sure he he mouthed off and dude, you don't mouth off to a crowd uh, oh. and expect, you know, but yeah, you don't go full. It's Garrett Blunt, it's absolutely. But- it's absolutely wrong. Michigan state's director of football operations was right there too. There's video of him right there, right when it happened, what is he doing running the fuck away? And then he goes and like disables his Twitter account because people are calling out like you're the adult. I mean, they're all adults. These aren't, these aren't kids. These are all fucking grown men that can get charged with real crimes. You're the, but you are the the adult in the tunnel and you are running away. What the hell is going? I mean, Michigan state has been one of the dirtiest programs in college football for decades, They're decades. Like the and I, of I don't mean dirty, football. like cheating. They are just dirty. They are Well, Notre Dame, every time Notre Dame played them, I love playing Michigan state because you knew you were getting a bunch of dirty bastards.
2: You're playing, villains. Clause, You're scra- playing legitimate. Villains, yeah.
1: Legitimate villains. Exactly. Yeah. I just wanted an answer. Answer. one more keep thing coming off.
0: I want to add one more thing about the Syracuse game. I thought Brendan would get a kick out of, because Probably Brandon back, always mentions this. This was an orange out game for for Syracuse. This was the game that they were like, get the coordinated effort to try to, you know, get people to uh, orange you know, wear a certain thing. The other thing is, um, I did a very Brandon thing and I listened to uh, Sirius XM radio today, and uh, Bariselli and Tom Luganville were trying to outdo each other on how effusive a praise they could be for Drake May. And of course they have to talk about the Notre Dame game when they talk about Drake May. And they're just like, they're now just being like, we don't know what that was. And it's like, it's very funny that Notre Dame is somebody like, (coughs) excuse me, is like the kind of the game of the worst game of, of a guy who might be in consideration for the Heisman trophy.
2: Here's the thing. Notre Dame's the best team that they played all year. I don't think that's hyperbole. Look at it's look hot. at North Carolina's schedule. And and I brought this up, and I, I had this in my notes too, as far as Drake May goes, uh. And he's a little bit, he's got a little bit of Sean Tucker in him there, Because uh, Drake May, 197 and three touchdowns of your performance against Notre Dame, which is padding your stats phenomenally, uh, came when the game was 38 to 14. Um so I look forward to further Drake May discourse as uh Yeah as the year goes on.
1: I mean I I mean I think you said in the last I said in the last podcast that Marcus Freeman had it right that this is a good football this is a good football team that doesn't play good all the time and they're trying to change change that. It's a top everyone 10 wants football to knock down, team er, it's a top 10 everyone football team Everyone wants to knock down the top five ranking that Notre Dame had preseason. But if you go top to bottom, talent wise, down up and down this roster, it is a top at least a top 10 roster for sure. Their name's biggest shortcoming is the single biggest thing that sticks out like a sore thrum week in and week out. And then it's a quarterback. So if we get, if we can get some decent quarterback play from a guy, you know, we get the best game of Drew Pine's life every, <laughs> every week, then they can beat damn near anybody on their schedule. It's not, they can beat Clemson. If Drew Pine is 65% completion, Drew Pine. That's it
2: right there. I mean, yeah. If they can get, you know what? If they get 60% completion through Pine, they could have beaten any team on their schedule.
1: It's like just, it, 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 it's, it's maddening to, that that's what's maddening to look at this roster. And any Notre Dame quarterback it, it, for the last decade.
2: No, no, no. Any Notre Dame quarterback of the last decade and a half, because we can include Jimmy Clausen in this, and we can include i sharply in this any Notre Dame quarterback in the last decade and a half has this team sitting at um, seven and one,
1: no less than it. no less than seven and one,
2: no less than seven. Yeah, and
1: one. Someone brought up like, like, like someone was defending pine, I think, and brought up Jarius Jackson to me, who was one of my favorite all time
2: players. Jarius Jackson
1: has this team. I love no. him. He has a, by the eight, way, no. Jarius Jackson owned many records by the time he left Notre Dame. Yeah, that was just like a that's a that's an ass statement. Jarius Jackson was awesome. Jarius, and Jarius, if Jarius was Jackson awesome. was the quarterback of
2: this team. Jarius Jackson beats Ohio State running. Exactly. Jarius, ja- Jarius Jackson running the football beats Ohio State unquestionably. It was a so, twenty-one to seven. It was a twenty-one to ten game. Of course, he beats Jack
1: Cohn. Jack Cone. Jack Cone probably Ian wins. Book. Jimmy Claus um, Malik Zaire. Um, to, probably not Demetrius Jones.
2: Probably not Demetrius. You know what? Maybe is he playing linebacker? No, don't talk yourself
1: no, into Sam that Frazier. one. No. Uh, no yeah.
2: Frazier.
1: Zach Frazier, maybe. Uh,
2: yeah,
1: uh, but he never. But he. I don't think Zach Frazier ever started a game for Notre Dame. No, did
2: not start.
0: A game.
1: I walked away for a second. What are we talking about? We're talking any quarterback. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Sort of the narrative. Someone is like, was. Someone was trying to defend Drew Pine to me, and. I I can't remember how, how all went, but he basically threw Jerry's Jackson in my face. Like, like if we had Jerry's Jackson, if Jerry's Jackson was a quarterback, Notre Dame would be, would have less wins basically is what he's saying. I'm like, no, it's like the wrong name to be only worst name he could throw at me other than Jerry's Jackson Lawson. would have been Jimmy Lawson. But fucking Jerry's Jackson would have this team probably at least seven to one. Seven if to not one. Eight. No. So he was I think stuck.
0: Eric, uh, what was it Eric Chappelle is that his name? He would have. He would have had the yeah, team in a worse situation. He definitely would have. Chris
1: Jones, Eric
0: Chappell. Our next battle post broken wrist would have had a bet worse. Pat Dillingham would have had probably in yeah, a worse situation. Gary Godjo. Gary We Goss. said 15 years. We said yeah, 15.
2: Oh, I said, like I said 15 years. years. So. I don't think any Notre any Notre, other Notre Dame quarterback in the last 15 years if they were starting from day one probably has this team at seven and one. And I don't think that's high, that's hyperbole. I think that's a pretty fair take. So.
0: I feel like Pine's numbers are pretty Wimbush-esque, right? But he doesn't have the wheels. But he doesn't have the wheels, right? Yeah, yeah, Which yeah.
1: Okay. So if, Wimb- if Wimbush was the quarterback this Wimbush year, Wimbush is probably seven and one.
2: Doesn't beat Ohio State, but beats Marshall because they just would have been able to run. Yeah, I mean, he would have been able to to get enough going on the ground. This is a good question.
1: but 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 Wimbush like like there's a I've said it many times before. It was it's never never came out from Notre Dame, but it, this is a lot of what there's a lot of truth to this basically because this is a lot, a lot of the backstory that I, I kept hearing. They started Brandon Wimbush in 2018 against Michigan because they knew they were going to need his legs, period, more yeah. than anything to beat Michigan. And then he, he won the game. So he stuck around as the starter because he won that Michigan game. Once it became apparent that he wasn't going to improve as a passer at all, they had to make the, the flip the book. It's It makes perfect sense. And if you go back and, and really relive that season at all, well, they, just Brian Kelly look at the way that they, they, they called a, the they did, first
2: half of that football game.
1: How, so how is uh, that? Brandon Wimbush against Ohio state this year, put Brandon Wimbush 2018, Brandon Wimbush at quarterback at Ohio state this year. It might've worked. I, they, it might've worked then too. I don't know. Cause, cause here's how one thing you can 2011 say about
0: Wimbush. Tommy baby.
1: That's a playmaker. That's a playmaker out there. You added a playmaker. When 2011. 2011. Tommy Reese does not lose to Stanford.
2: 2011 Tommy Reese is, is probably, uh, and I don't think 2011 Tommy Reese loses I mean, to Marshall two, either. Th-
0: 2011 Tommy Reese did lose to a five and seven South Florida team though. So How, he, but, he but didn't with the talent on this game. team though, Jude, he did not start that football game. He did not start that football game. You're right. He
1: did not start <laughs> that football game.
0: Well, he started my point the, was like, this. after started after the three hour rain delay. So he did sort of start that.
1: football. He started the second half. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, and you know the what? Talent on this, I think the talent on this team is really good. It's not great, but I do believe it is top 10 talent. And again, the single biggest problem is quarterback. And however they have to figure out ways to get around that. I still, I think there is a. I think it's legit. Notre Dame everyone wants to dance around it or they want to dismiss it completely, mainly because Pat everyone that's dismissing it. It, it fully believes that they're gonna to lose to Clemson this weekend. Vegas, path think so. three.
2: Vegas does not There's think so. Path. What's the line? What's the line? Um DraftKings is three and a half. And a half right now. Everybody else is citing four. Circo's four, right? So it's a three and a half, four point line. That's not, that's not an L man. That's not like you walk in and say a team that's, that, that is not a guaranteed L. That's a 60, 40, which is what I said at 60 Clemson, 40 Notre Dame. I think, you know, having watched Clemson this season, um, there's a lot of similarities because the, the only difference is, is that their bad quarterback can hit
1: long pass plays. And he's done it before. Like he's he, really done. He's done it in that stadium in South Bend before. Sort of. Um, I, I mean, mean he, lost, I mean, he, he went off. I mean, I mean, but it,
2: it wasn't for, for him in that football game. It was a lot of yard because it mean, was still no, it had sub thirties in the regulation. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, what was, what I'm was just was saying like the football game in regulation of the
1: uh, what was it's the still it's still Dame much Dame. more competent than what we're seeing, seeing right now. You know what I mean?
2: But he has never All looked. Right. He's well, here's one thing you can say about uh, Uwe Englele. He has never looked better in any game in his entire career than he did against Notre Dame that
0: night. It's because no one had tape. <laughs> yeah. The more tape he puts on, the worse he gets,
2: because
0: I mean. He was benched
2: the last time we saw him. He was benched against Cuse because he was abjectly—he was a non-functional quarterback yeah. in that first half. He he tried his damnedest to lose that football game, yeah. and I don't think that that's who he is because he looked pretty good against NC State and he looked pretty good against um, you know Wake, and I mean those are bad football teams too. And,
0: and Brendan, I I don't think I gave you credit for this, but like I really did push back against the idea that my eyes were deceiving me and that I thought Syracuse was sort of a nine and three or better team. And now I'm, I, I, I saw them play a team that I know is <laughs> nine and three esque. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They didn't, yeah. they didn't look good. Um, You know, hey, part, of that, part of that is the, the, the Schrader uncertainty, but part of it is just like, I never saw their defense get so handled like that guy.
2: line Saturday. and I didn't see it either. like because because when I watched um a lot of their earlier games, like especially with the running game, and I didn't think Notre Dame could replicate what uh, Clemson did um because you know, I watched the Purdue game and I watched the you know Virginia game and I watched the Louisville game, and I thought that they did a pretty good job up front in limiting teams from running. And then I thought Clemson perhaps could have been the aberration. Uh, and it didn't seem to be the case. You know, you face good offensive lines, and they just got bullied. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I think Syracuse probably can finish nine and three. They they probably yeah, they, should finish they, ten. They, and t- they can they go ten too. It depends on the health of Schrader.
0: Right. Um, so I, I think you know. Obviously, Wake is the probably the the biggest one left. Right. I don't know how good Wake is, man.
2: After this weekend. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, you don't. I mean, lose speaking like of that. people
0: who I definitely misestimated, Will Levis and K- and Kentucky. Holy shit! Uh, oh no, that was a full-on pantsing right there. But um, yeah, I mean, I, obviously Pitt, BC are winnable are very winnable. Um, uh, you yeah. should win both those games, and yeah. I think Hughes probably does win those. Florida games. State at home, I feel like is as ha- is, 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 can be as ha- handled. That's what's good.
2: That's I mean, Florida State at home is I think the difference between
0: you know nine
2: and three and ten and two.
0: Yeah, I think you're right.
2: Because it's a game you should be able. I, I think Florida State's a lot gamier this season. Um, but you know, I, I I wasn't. I think Notre Dame was a beneficiary of getting a broken Garrett Schrader.
0: Yeah, turnover. And, uh, Remember what the things we talked about that we wanted to see, like the turnover luck had never gotten in our way in the way that Syracuse had gotten the turnover luck, right? And so nobody got really it. Yeah, we got we got that. And and I and I would include in that the Clarence Lewis block punt and the you know what I mean, like the two block punts, you know, because I those are huge. Those are absolutely uh, that's huge. essentially a turnover, right? Yeah. <clears throat> By the way, I saw a guy do something in a game this game that I've never seen before in my life, which is hit the pylon on a kickoff. That was insane. Did you guys see that? No. Say what now? He hit the pylon. Um, yeah. Well, uh, what's his name that kicks off for the for uh, for Notre Dame? He hit the you're pylon cool. exactly on the pylon. I because he he was it was hooking and I thought oh no stay in and it hit the pylon so it was an automatic touchback but I like he he hit that pylon from as far back as where he was. I That's thought how you're gonna play it, man. Yeah, I was just like wow. Don't think I, better would be for it to hit the at the half yard line and bounce out of bounds, right? Uh
2: I mean I mean to hit the half yard line and to bounce and like die there, right? Yeah. Um I yeah, I don't uh Yeah, I I I guess I guess the one thing I would say is that like maybe in the end of the season when we'll see how Notre Dame finishes the season, it could be one of those those deals where Syracuse fans could sort of um warm their hearse on the fact that like we got a broken schrader and <laughs> i i i think that notre dame like and you know me leading into this game i said that notre dame was probably going to win by 10 points if both of their both teams played sort of like equal levels of gameplay and that was where i, I didn't see 41 24
0: no and i think that the only
2: reason why it got to that point is because schrader was broken and I think we probably would have saw a more competitive game and a lower scoring game from both. I don't think Syracuse scores 24. I think it probably would have been more like um, you know, 27-17 or 24-17 or, or closer than that because they would have played their chips a little bit closer. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, that's one of the things when, when you play a, a team that has a busted quarterback is the guy that comes in you know i i i
0: I don't know i
2: uh
0: brendan are you familiar with the the comic strip garfield without garfield uh
2: which is one of the best where it's just john looking very uh having conversations very sadly with himself and it's almost depressing to see him have those conversations talking to no one and
0: and he's like mildly psychotic for talking to himself right um Broken Schrader sounds like a, a peanuts alt com, a comic in the style of uh, oh,
1: Schroeder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. So um, I want to, I do want to move on real quick uh, to, to wrap this up to some national things, just just real quick. But I do want to give one more shout out to honestly to to, to my boy Andre Gustame, twenty carries, hundred twenty three yards, two touchdowns, no fumbles. Every time he guys, every time he held the football did it not look like that was the most protect, protected thing in the country at the moment? I mean, is it Yeah. as noticeable to you as it was to me? Like the one, like he yeah. absolutely 1 million one percent he understand understands up. he has to hold on to this thing.
0: Right. The one at the, uh, where he scored and he like basically turned left into the end zone, maybe a 10, 15 yard run or whatever. He was holding that thing. Like it was a like, from my vantage point, he was holding that thing like it was a, a precious cargo. Right.
1: Yeah, it didn't matter if there was a guy within ten yards of him. No, there was no guy. There was no guy near him. He hit the hole and he and he right. broke it.
0: But he didn't know. He d- he wasn't 100% sure, and he damn well wasn't going to give up that ball. You know.
1: So I kind of love that. I, I do kind of love when when players have, if you're able to work a player's fumbling problems out early, like it, how much better of a running back they are than after that, because exactly what you just said, they have no idea what's around them, so they just they play it safe to for that. So you lose the element of surprise. Now I would be shocked. Honest to God. If we see one more, I'm not lying. One more uh, underestimate fumble the rest of the year. I'd be shocked. I would not not be shocked. I'll be shocked. I could be shocked. I'll be shocked. All right. What shocking was something that I put in the DMS right before we started recording the college football playoff rankings will be out uh, Tuesday night. Looking forward to that. Honestly, I am uh, because I think this year in college football has been, Uh, A lot of fun. There is a, there is a lot of parody um, in the sport right now. Some new, some new blood rising up to the top. There's some other conversations to be had other than um, what we've been talking about for like the last three or four years. And that's fun. Uh, But it also does another fun thing where it completely gives the stiff arm to the AP poll. So everyone voting in that, that has, has, that we make fun of right like we we parse through their votes um we've brought it up on the podcast before who's voting where and all that um first of all notre dame shows back up and others receiving votes this week uh which is kind of surprising um back i think it was like 24 uh but two yeah, of the fun. duke riders what's funny is two of the duke riders is what uh, really helping notre dame out there <laughs> so the ac the acc is propping up that uh, that notre dame loss so just, just a little info. But now the, the big thing, the big thing was Mike Berendino, who has been praised on this podcast before Love for him. his pre-season coverage. preseason coverage. Preseason coverage was the best.
0: Great, 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 great.
1: It was very, great, great coverage. Very the to best, the point. No, the fluff. best pre-season follow follow I've I've coverage was <laughs> his <laughs> AP ballot is atrocious. And it's, the fact, I mean, I will, Listen, I do respect murphy he, bad he, I do respect that he tried to defend it, like he just didn't like throw it out in the world and be like, you know let it burn, but even the reasoning was terrible it was, It's like the old drill tweet where it's like so if you, under if you no know, circumstances can you say yeah. that
2: you know it, under no circumstances can you say that you know Hitler. uh
1: you know, you gotta give it to him. It was he didn't do yeah, he didn't do anything right. Uh look, Mike Berendino, his top ten, top to bottom, one to ten, Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, Awful. Michigan, Tennessee, Awful. Clemson, Oregon, TCU, Utah, USC. Awful. And the reason I just remembered that we needed to talk about this is <laughs> I was like, okay, let's let's talk about some national stuff. I need to go look at the scores. And first score on you can see on there is the Thursday night game of Utah. Washington State it was a 21-17 fucking game. Now I realize Washington State scored 10 points there in that fourth quarter. But it's Washington State. And Utah has two losses and you're ranking them 10th. What? What are you doing? What are you doing? And that isn't even the worst. Why is Tennessee five and Alabama three? So, again. Is, that might he he explained thing. it but I I I just
0: don't the explanation is gonna infuriate you more than the actual like just shaking your head <laughs> and moving on because he like cherry picks the weirdest stats and says yeah well Tennessee was a you know one by three but you know you home teams always get two and a half points so basically even game and Alabama Tennessee were even on yards and te- Alabama won the time of possession game like, Okay, I mean, this is this is the the yard points argument, right? Michigan beat Notre Dame in twenty eighteen, except for the whole final score thing.
2: And this goofball, this goofball drops that sort of nonsense for why he has Tennessee ranked two spots below Alabama. Yet he puts Utah, who won at home against USC by one point. And he has Utah above him, and they have two losses.
1: What are you well, doing, put? Who, who you've played at Michigan. So why is Michigan sitting at four then?
2: I don't understand.
1: Like the, I, like, like, there's no reason. Like there's no – Michigan has a – they don't have an Alabama win. Obviously, sure you don't. think very highly Alabama. They so they why would Penn you ever State have win? an undefeated but, – But here's the it thing. Like, so even the Penn
2: State win, they're only one spot above Mike Berendino's number 14 team – Five and three Texas. So you go, oh, you know, I mean, what's Texas got going on for him at this point? And using his logic (laughs) for why he ranked, uh, you know, Tennessee, below (laughs) Alabama, um, what's the best thing that Texas has done to this point in the season? They had a one point loss at home to Alabama, which actually, according to him, is a four point loss. So what are you doing? Your logic is just—it's so bad. So I think that so
0: the Utah thing is that Utah lost by three to Florida and Florida, and Utah lost to UCLA at UCLA, right? But that was a still a ten-point loss. I don't—I'm um, not—I'm not sure. He
2: has UCLA ranked number sixteen at seven and one. Okay. UCLA has been. Like the breakout, uh, I mean, the breakout team of the season, like I would say UCLA has been one of the biggest surprise, um, Tennessee obviously is the biggest breakout, but UCLA is one of the biggest um, breakout candidates for the year and they have legitimate wins. I mean,
0: well, he's not going to give them credit for beating Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama or Colorado, right? And then no, you can start,
2: throw all of those in the trash. You
0: can start with Washington, and Washington's not good, right? So then they beat Utah, so that's good. That's a good win. Then Utah's they get, a good win. Then they get ra- – well, not routed, but they get 15-point loss to Oregon, and now they've beaten Stanford. So they've got –
2: Well, no, the, the the no, it's not a 15-point loss to Oregon. It's a 12-point loss to
1: Oregon. It's
0: at home. Oh, my, my bad. My bad, 12 that's points.
1: 12 that's point entirely loss. too much math.
0: Yeah. I was told there would be no math.
1: Yeah, he's got
2: UNC at seven and one, which or seven and one UNC at twenty two, which I don't have a problem with. But like five and three Kentucky above them.
0: Yeah, Excuse and the, me, the other thing is, he says, "Well, you know, I didn't have Tennessee ranked in my preseason poll, and I put them at ninth before they beat Alabama, and then I moved them up three spots and moved Alabama down two. Like somehow." He's like saying his, his previous logic was infallible, so he has to hew to that logic. That doesn't make a ton of sense to me. You know, if you, had pre, if you had Tennessee unranked in the preseason, but then your own eyes told you, wow, this is an amazing team. And by the way, I'm not saying this is true, but this is what Stu Mandel is saying, 2019 LSU-esque is now what he's saying, right? If this is truly a 2019 LSU-type team, then maybe, just maybe... Your preseason per- presumptions were dead wrong, and you should be moving them up way faster than you are.
1: Right? Uh, you I, mean, I can agree
2: with that. On the, yeah, on the results of the. I season.
1: mean, we have over a half a season of data now. Any right. preseason, any preseason uh, thought that you had should have been thrown out the window at least three weeks ago.
2: Right the track. It doesn't and, matter anymore. And here's the thing: I mean, they just like, took a
1: they took a,
0: re- a solid Kentucky team and just made them look stupidly bad.
1: Stupid. And here's here's another. And they look so good doing it too. Those uniforms, they really should have done a Jack O' Lantern look on the T, uh, with the all blacks. They should have done black and black and orange checkerboards for the Halloween. Dude, Tennessee, if you're a Tennessee football fan right now, <laughs> life is solid. It is you, you doing that. You don't care about the last decade of uh, of incompetence. No. Uh, you are you're living a good, you beat a good. life
2: thanks to Henry Cooker. Here's another thing we need this to. This here's about. Jeff Burrow. And that is the eighteenth ranked team in America, the 6 and two Oklahoma State Oof, folks. You can't you Listen, can't do that.
0: You can't do what they just did. We're not That's a lot of talk about no, Oklahoma. State no, no, no. Anymore, the, you were exactly
2: right, Jude. You cannot do what they did. They shouldn't be ranked. Oklahoma State should be should not be ranked. Wherever they're ranked, Notre Dame should be ranked.
1: Because you 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 want to tell me that it's It wasn't their one loss, there's their second loss, second too, loss. on top of it all. Yeah. You it's want to tell me that a 48
2: point. to nothing defeat is tells me anything about that team other than they don't deserve to be ranked because you beat Texas. Texas sucks. They got three losses, right? They don't have any, uh, I mean, Notre Dame's got three losses, but they got two ranked wins in the pocket.
0: Right. It's all about beat, the G2 game. Right? You
2: beat, you beat Baylor, which Baylor lost to BYU, who has been cratering out four straight losses. You lost a close game to TCU. Congratulations. But that's it. Arkansas Pine Bluff. How Arizona are they State ranked is ahead of Wake North- Forest? I don't understand how they're ranked, ranked above Wake Forest. How are they ranked above Notre Dame? Notre Dame's <laughs> got better wins. I mean, Notre Dame's got worse losses. But, but is, is losing
1: I mean, to Marshall? I mean, Oklahoma State and the AP is ranked just below North Carolina.
2: Yeah. Is, is losing to Marshall and Stanford worse than losing 48 to nothing in a football game? To a non Alabama, you lost the Kansas state, a bunch of, a bunch of, um, Juco kids and a backup quarterback.
0: Well, here's you the thing. Didn't, you didn't I even play. Kansas state's Martin. now ranked too high. I don't think Kansas state's that good.
2: No, I mean, I, I think the big 12 no, just in not. general is not that great, but, like, but. So what, did, last, what did we say the last right. podcast?
1: The big 12 is the most interesting. The big 12 has been the most interesting conference in college yeah. football this year. And that's yeah. still true. That's still he true. Yeah, this Kansas State Tulane team who lost 38-28 to TCU, lost to Tulane. I mean, Tulane's a good football team, though, this year. Are they? Right? No. I mean, Tulane's been cooking. Are
2: they cooking? Did yes. They they lost? What's, what's Tulane's they, record? They had a weird- 7-1. 7-1, they had a,
0: yeah. yeah, they had a weird-ass loss to Southern Miss. Yeah. That will go down as the yeah. strangest loss all season.
2: Uh, well, Marshall. Yeah, they've I been cooking.
0: They've... <laughs> yeah, but it's going to end up with a much better record.
2: <laughs> yeah, but if Notre Dame could pull out a dub against Clemson, suddenly we're looking at it. we're like, how did this team lose? You know what?
0: We're not that, saying that. Is it? It's 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 silly to say about your own favorite team, but like if they beat Clemson, I'll be so much. I'll be so like ah, you know. But oh, then, it'll it'll hurt. I also think maybe. It'll hurt. Losing to Marshall and Stanford would save us from the embarrassment of having Drew Pine against a really good defense, you know, and, and watching that on a New Year's Eve and having our New Year's Eve ruined, you know.
1: <laughs> well, right now, I think right now, most of the projections are uh, Gator or Holiday, so. Yeah. We'll see how that rolls. Um, now, it's it, like the Big 12 is is the most interesting conference in college football this year, I, I think, hands down. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, even even with the ascension of Tennessee, that's just from top to bottom. That conference has been Big Twelve has just been <laughs> incredibly interesting. And but I don't even know what the words are for the Kansas State Oklahoma State game. Like no one, you you had to have a fucking Delorean parked in your goddamn driveway to figure that one out.
2: Yeah, zero points is insane. And
0: here's one that's of the why things we I was looking say. at that line and going, okay, yeah, no, we're we'll all take Oklahoma State, right?
2: here's right, one of the things sure. I'll say about the big 12 and why they're interesting and why I want to take people. Like, and they has got a huge
1: contract today. <laughs> why they did <laughs> the, the, the conference huge conference,
2: Richard, why I want to take people like Michael jr. And Richard Johnson and toss them into a fucking Creek to let them drown
0: a hey, touch grass, man. Touch
2: grass. Yeah. Here's why touch grass. because the reason that conference is interesting is because all of these teams are seemingly ranked and the, it's just ranked teams beating that's the what the college
1: football teams. reddit guys were saying. Yeah. And that's but what the SEC, makes the no. Big
2: 12 so interesting. And why would I care about Kansas State playing Oklahoma State on a Saturday night if they didn't have n- numbers attached to their their names? The numbers exactly. are good. They make the games mean something. It gives value to the games. If it was just you know, TCU versus, versus Oklahoma state. And it's a 43, 40 game. I might not be tuning in for that, but there's numbers attached to it. And so I'm watching it and it makes it more exciting because there's numbers attached to it. The ranking system is great because it it gives, I, I don't care that it's false importance because it gives some sort of semblance of importance to it. And the big 12, I don't know if any of these teams are any good, but they got numbers attached to their names and, and teams with numbers are losing to teams with numbers. And that makes the conference seem better than it is. It, it beats the hell out of watching, you know, big 12 West games like Illinois, Nebraska, there's no number attached to Nebraska. So who knows? Like, I can't take any enjoyment out of that game. Right.
1: But, but it is fun though, to watch the, to see Illinois with a number attached to theirs, like is that's different.
2: 14 for Illinois is Buck Wild, Brett Bielema,
1: borderline <laughs> erotic, right? I mean, borderline. I mean, it's, it's hard to figure out. Speaking of a team with a with a number attached to it, USC, like does 45-37 scream top 10 against Arizona?
2: No, and if you watch the game. Like they had, there was some, some shadiness with the, uh, the first half officiating, which probably cost USC some points. But I think Greg called this out uh, early with the, the Arizona wide receivers. I don't think, I think USC is a team that can be got, um, against the first team that bullies them.
1: Um, I mean, it was 32. It was like 31, 29 or something going into the fourth quarter, going into the fourth. Yeah. So- is that and what it
2: was? There was a late back. To, yeah, thirty-one twenty-nine
1: of, going to the fourth,
2: and Arizona got a back door. so the score looked closer than an event that it probably should have.
1: There's eleven hundred and sixty yards of offense between the two teams in this in this game,
2: and this is one of the things for Notre Dame too. When you're looking at USC, I think if a team goes in there and bullies, I think I think USC is a team that is ripe to be bullied, and I think they do a similar thing as they did. Like I don't think Drew Pine needs to be immaculate. I think that in order to beat USC. Jupine needs to be 60% completion jupeine. But here's the thing. He can be 60% completion jupine because I don't think that they're going to be able to cover Michael Mayer. So I think that, you know, as as teams are able to cover Michael Mayer, I think Q's has got a pretty good defense. And they could it,
1: listen though, they in did. a one point, in a one point loss to Utah, uh Utah's quarterback Cam Rising was 30 of 44 for 415 yards, two touchdowns. Like, like this is, this is literally is the, the run and shoot conference right now. I
2: mean,
1: there's no defense. Bo Bo
2: Nix has suddenly turned himself into like, if it wasn't for Hendon Hooker. America would be talking about Bo Nixus potentially being, you know, sort of like the where'd you come from Heisman transfer.
0: Which is funny.
1: I mean, I'm kind of, I'm on the screw Oregon game train game. because you, you, I don't care. They played, they played Georgia and Georgia beat the living daylights out of them. 100%. And everyone's so quick. Everyone wants to dismiss that like that was nothing. And I'm, I'm sorry, man. That, wasn't that was not a game that played. That's, you should. That's what's going to happen if you put if you put Oregon back in a. They Oregon awful. goes to the college playoff. They're going to do the same awful. thing against whoever else they play.
2: You're right. No, you're right. Because I, I think that if you lose to a team by more than forty points, you should be automatically eliminated from college football contention. Amen. Uh, right? I don't think you. I don't yeah, think you playoffs, are allowed sure. to. I don't think you are allowed top, to be in playoff the playoffs from the top ten. Because if there's, you be outlawed from the top ten. I think I think if if there's a situation. Where there's a, um, uh, you know, I would say the loser of Michigan and Michigan or Michigan and Ohio State has a better claim to um, the playoff than Oregon does. Is that is that crazy to say? No, absolutely not. You who, whoever the loser of Michigan and Ohio State is probably went 12 and or 11 and out. And so they're an 11 and one football team and they didn't lose to a team by 40 plus. So I would say that and, the and the winner w- wins their conference championship right. The winner game. wins their conference championship game against Illinois.
1: Yeah, it's it. I don't know the Oregon. I watched it get smacked around. I've been a fan from <laughs> we're all fans of Notre Dame here. We've seen this happen. Notre Dame's hot shots, and all of a sudden they they you know you get smacked around. You lose a game blowout like oh god, we are nowhere near. As good as we thought we were, and that reality should set in. And or or if it happens early, it should always be there. Like Oregon is not a great football team, and for people just to dismiss it, it's like you are dismissing a lot of results on the field, man. I, there's a lot of dismissive handwinks going on across college football, and if people just sit down and watch the fucking games, I think that you would stop winking.
2: There's <laughs> a lot this. of but here's the thing is I think that there probably only is about and, and I hate to say it like Michigan's probably in there. But I think that the, I don't think Clemson like we'll see. We'll see what the Clemson game
1: and you, you know, they are until, until proven otherwise.
2: They are until proven otherwise. And I think they have better I and
1: mean, Notre Dame could do could help that out this weekend.
2: <laughs> they sure can ish. I, and you know what? I think Notre Dame might actually end up sneaking into the top 25 of the college football playoff. I wouldn't be shocked.
1: I was just going to, I, that was my last thing I asked you guys, uh, we, we goofed on Baradino for his rankings and, and we talked about Notre Dame getting some receiving votes. Um, but I was talking to my brother-in-law tonight and I said, man, I, I'm not trying to like blow it up, but I'm like, I won't be shocked if Notre Dame's like 24 or 23, 25. Is where I think I like just wherever those, in those bottom three slots there Because I mean, at that from 16 back, who really cares? Right. But I mean, just just their body of work of wins. There isn't
0: there isn't some like Fresno State that can fill that void and said.
1: I think they can, but I, I but I'm curious about what I'm just saying. I I would not be shocked they did. I would not be shocked. It
2: Would probably be a spot that they steal from Tulane, <laughs> you know, the aforementioned Tulane. But you look at it and you go, you have two wins against teams that will likely be top twenty five by two plus scores. I think that that means something right ish. Maybe I'm not predicting
1: that they're going to be, that they're going to be there by any means. I'm just saying if they're there, it won't be like, Oh my God, that really happened. I, I can see it happening. I'm not predicting it. I'm just saying I can see it happening. And that look for, I guess for Notre Dame fans, like if that would happen, say Notre Dame is ranked 25th in the college football playoff rankings does that breathe any new life into the season? Like for like real, for real, like obviously we will have the regret. (laughs) We'll always have the regret and the friends we made along the way. But I mean, does that breathe any new life into, into what we're witnessing? Does that make the Clemson game even bigger? Right?
2: No, like, because I think you have to beat Clemson for it to breathe life. I think if you beat Clemson, then suddenly we're talking about Notre Dame being the ultimate spoiler in college. And and you know what? The narrative is already being written. and And I'll report back in for the Clemson game, having you know listening to Sirius all week. But I think the big narrative for Notre Dame, and I think the narrative that we're going to get going into the Clemson game is that Notre Dame is primed to be a college football playoff spoiler because they can end USC's playoffs. They can end Clemson's playoffs. And I think that they have the ability to do both. And I think that that's going to be the narrative for Notre Dame is that they're they're sitting there as this spoiler. And I think that that's something that you're going to see a lot of articles written about leading into this Clemson game is can Notre Dame be a playoff
1: spoiler? So let me ask you guys this. A 9-3 Notre Dame, we said for sure a 10-2 Notre Dame team is in the New Year's 6. Can't, is there... Is it too is it too twisted of a path for a nine and three team, with uh, with those wins? Say, SC see he's undefeated or not undefeated, but but still, you know, with the one loss when Notre Dame plays them, Clemson uh, wins out. After I mean, is there a path for Notre Dame to to, re- to reach New Year six? Well, and nine they and three? will have
2: they will have two top 10 ten ten. Top ten wins to that point because they will have beaten a top ten USC. If if USC beats UCLA, they will be top ten going into that game. Yeah. <clears throat> um, they and it won't affect USC's ability to go to the the you know uh PAC 12 playoff game or PAC 12 championship game. So you would be talking about a Notre Dame team that will have potentially beaten the PAC 12 and uh, ACC champion. I think you could be talking about them sneaking in, like getting into that, like 10, 11 range and maybe getting in. I don't, I, don't, I guess I haven't looked a lot into the, the bowls and whether or not, I so guess
1: what I'm saying, saying is, and even if they, even if they, even if they don't make a new year six, just say it just, it wasn't possible because certain teams, they had to slot in, because of things, blah, 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 a nine and 300 name team that wins their bowl game goes, is 10 and three at the end of the season. That's a top 10 team.
2: I think so. Yeah. Question. Uh, uh, question. Those losses Uh, and you could chalk them up to what we didn't want to talk about in the preseason. And that was, you know, Marcus Freeman growing pains. And, you know, you can chalk those two losses up to growing pains or not getting his team ready for lesser opponents, which they were lesser opponents. Um, yeah, I, I think so. I think that's a, that's a lot of momentum.
0: Drew Pine's record as a starter would be then what? 10 and 1? 10 and 1, yeah. Unbelievable <laughs> to think about. Look, I, it I, truly I, is. I, I don't think that the playoff committee is stupid. I think that um, they, there's an argument that could be made for Notre Dame. They understand what Notre Dame brings to a big, uh, high visibility bowl. And they've looked unafraid to put, put Notre Dame in one of those bowls, even if it means a potential mismatch, um, you know, is coming. So, yes, I do think that there is a, a path as strange as that is to, to talk about, because that literally could dissipate by Saturday. But
1: um, yeah, no one's predicting this right now. We're just saying, no, 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 we're not predicting. It's this. possible still. Like, but man, I don't care oh what man, P. Samson says. They be Clemson, possibilities of everything Clemson is still and there. USC,
0: like, that is a that is a 180 degrees difference from from you know where my where my mind was after following the Stanford game.
2: Cool. And we'll talk about this with the Clemson week too, with the Clemson game too. Is like, I mean, Clemson had a bye week to sit on their quarterback getting benched. Like, where's DJU's head, and what what sort of like if they have to do a quarterback yeah. switch and like yeah, Kobe, you didn't have a week,
1: yeah. you didn't have a game week to like work it out.
2: And it's Which not is, like they let Klubiak go out there and throw against Cuse because he threw five passes in the second half. So the quarterback that they're bringing – that Clemson would be bringing in isn't a guy that they had go out. And then he didn't win the game against Syracuse. It was Will Shipley that won the game against Syracuse. And Syracuse not – didn't score in the second half.
1: Yeah, or Orange Christian McCaffrey, him getting an extra week of, uh, of rest is the biggest thing for Clemson. That's huge for them. Like for him to get a week of, of healing <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, because they're riding the shit out of Will Shipley. It's it's uh, we'll it will
2: continue to the second biggest test Notre Dame had all season, uh, and they got the, the the you know the additional two losses. But like you know, stopping Will Shipley. If you can stop Will Shipley, if you can do to him what you've done to the other marquee running backs, marquee and air quotes that you've played in Ott and um, Tucker. Um, yeah, you know they could
1: make a it's game like a breeze right past that Buckeye game, huh?
2: Well, no, I I said that, I said you know outside the Buckeye game because the 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 oh, big okay. the big ask was to to stop and slow down, um you know Stroud and they did that ish. I mean twenty one points, yeah, of course they did that. The defense did yeah. their job against Ohio State. Um, in uh, you know you look at every other team that's played Ohio State, and nobody has played them defensively better than Notre Dame. No one, not even close, not even within like. Well, you know, Penn State and no no, Penn Penn State still gave up a pretty crooked number. Uh Notre Dame did not. So I mean, turnovers sure. be damned. They they
1: didn't score 44. All right. So let's let's wrap this up. Uh let's get into some final thoughts. Jude, my friend, final thoughts. What do you got left in the in the tank? Yeah. Um
0: Long-time listeners to this podcast will remember that while well, Brendan has been with us since the 2019 Michigan game, we actually had a, th- a third person on our trifecta before Brendan. His name was Brad Wechter. Um, Brad was kind of a cool dude. He um, he played guitar. He uh, was interested in a lot of things, and Notre Dame was one of them. He uh, went to uh, – help me out here. One of the max – Miami of Ohio. Miami um, of Ohio. He's
1: Ohio born and bred.
0: Yeah. He went to, he was working on his MBA at Notre Dame. Um, Josh here with us the other day that he found out that the Brad actually passed away two years ago. And it made me incredibly sad because um, it reminded me of all the times in which, you know, people uh, leave our site and um, you know, you sort of think that they've gone off and and done something fun with themselves, but don't actually stop to check in on them. And um, you know, Brad had a lot going on in his life, but I think, um, I think that, that Brad was always a pleasure to have on, on the podcast, even when he admitted he hadn't watched the game and we got on his case (laughs) about that. Um, you know, there was a lot that he taught us about how to podcast because we were, we didn't really know. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We didn't know anything. And we were using discord because, um, he actually introduced me to discord because, um, I, I didn't, you know, we didn't know how to, we didn't know how to record a podcast. We didn't know anything, and and Brad was kind of our our, our tech guy, and and um, he's a fun guy. He's a fun guy, yeah. and um, I don't know that Brad anybody. was
1: with me. I'm just sorry. I just, It's okay. Brad was with me back in the Subway Domer days. Like of everybody that I've I've written, you know, as I say, written for me, but I mean, just they, people that come on to the to the team or do whatever. Brad is, Brad has followed me and been was with me for from the beginning. He covered a lot of basketball. Um, it was kind of the thing, you know, like like well, you don't have to write anything, just write some basketball if, if that's what you want to watch. Okay, and you know went to slap the sign. He went there with me, came over to One Foot Down, got on the podcast. He was very he was very excited about doing that. Um, had a lot of things. Jude was right. He Had a lot of things going on. Uh, in fact, one of his big decisions in life. Uh, he brought to Jude and I, he had a, yeah. had a big job opportunity out in California or, um, or a, a certain program opened up at Notre Dame, uh, for a mat for a master's degree. And, you know, he talked very openly to us about that, about, um, you know, what, what he should do. Of course, Jude and I are both bound to the table, like, man, there'll be other job opportunities, but, you know, if you can get, you can sneak in that extra degree, you know, that's a, you know, that's just one more thing you have in your tool belt. And, and that
0: is for, a very, I mean, honestly, honestly a big that's big company in that, California, very big company. He was in demand. He was, he was legitimately in demand and he used to post his like music up on, on YouTube. And I don't know, I must've been on his Twitter bio or whatever. I remember looking at stuff that he was doing with his guitar and he loved his guitars. I mean, he talked about them all the time and yeah, just, um,
1: so the other, the other night I was sitting around and I, uh, um, I was just thinking about, about him, uh, for, for whatever reason. And I remembered a conversation, Jude, you and I had maybe six months or a year ago. I mean, it was was a it was a while back ago and you had asked if I had checked in on him. And at that time I had not, um, but I did shoot an email. And if I don't get an email back from somebody that I'm looking, I I don't send a whole lot more. I'm not trying to hound anybody. And I certainly don't want them thinking, I'm like, I'm trying to get you to (laughs) come, do some writing on the site or like that. Um, And so I didn't, I never heard back from him and didn't think anything of it. Um, But I never did any kind of other checks. And so I checked his Twitter bio and saw that there hadn't been any activity there for quite a long time. And then I got really worried because, you know, he had some things going on, um, you know, right there at the end when, when he stopped podcasting um, with us, he just didn't have the time and, and had things going on. And so did the Google search of his name, and i I felt really ashamed when when I saw that obituary come up that was a, that was a really bad, really bad moment for me, and I can only imagine like I have no idea what the circumstances were um with his passing, none, and I think that is haunting uh me and it has been um and I'm you know. I'm not, I'm not going to try to get hold of the family to find out because I just, I just, I personally, I just think that's rude. Right. Um, but he's I, a young guy, you know, he was 33 when he passed away and you know, he doesn't really, doesn't, doesn't say there's nothing like he wasn't an accident or a He passed away at home. I'm not asking any more questions than that, but it was shameful to, for it to be two years. It was almost two. I mean, it was, it was in September of 2020. Yeah. Um so two years had gone by and not knowing and even in his obituary it had mentioned his time with um with us at one foot down it's just I felt really bad about that. It just a couple weeks ago, you know, I had gone on there about Ethan Johnson and you know telling people to you know check up on your people.
0: Yeah, check on your people, absolutely. So
1: this check is the, on your people, yeah. Oh. Yeah,
0: I mean if we haven't underscored enough with the Ethan Johnson comments um, I just want to echo what, what Josh said. It was like, it was just like a hitting with a ton of bricks. And, and so it, it made me shoot a couple of text messages to, to friends I hadn't talked to in a while and just say, you know, Hey, hope, I'm thinking about you. hope everything's going well and, and, uh, check on your people, please check on your people.
1: Uh, so if anyone's, uh, if you get near the grotto, please, uh, you know, if you can, take a moment. Light a yeah. candle for Brad and uh
0: We'd appreciate go pray for his family. We'd appreciate that much.
1: Brendan, my friend. What do you got left, buddy? Um uh, shoot. Um well
2: I guess it's uh it's getting near the end of spooky season. Um all my kids got their, their Halloween costumes put together. Uh, our trick or treating is tomorrow. Um, kept up on all the spooky, spooky shows and spooky uh, movies. Uh, we watched Barbarian tonight. Uh, it was phenomenal. Don't uh, don't Google anything about the movie Barbarian. Just go and uh, watch watch the movie.
0: Where's it available?
2: Uh, HBO. Okay. It's uh it's phenomenal. Um, also phenomenal is um. Cabinet of Curiosities from uh, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, I play, I have a weekly, um, uh, every Saturday that Notre Dame is not involved with, I play uh, Call of Cthulhu. Uh, I run a, I uh, game master a Call of Cthulhu game that we've had running for uh, uh, two years now. And uh, it's basically like a Call of Cthulhu game. It is, it's absolutely phenomenal. The acting's top-notch, the directing's top-notch. Um, Guillermo del Toro's uh, it's obviously a labor of love for him Uh, there's actually a couple of HP Lovecraft stories that they adapt into uh, two of them specifically that they adapt into it but uh, every one of them is like a Call of Cthulhu game and that there's like the investigation and then the absolute cosmic horror happens at the end of it uh, that that bodes ill for whoever the, the characters are um, but the Cabinet of Curiosities for, on Netflix, if, if you're into horror and that kind of stuff, it is it is top flight. Um, they do really good uh, practical spectral effects for all the monsters and stuff too. Um, where they, they put together some pretty cool monsters.
1: Um, and you got one day left because it's yeah, Christmas one day music left. November 1st. Uh, you yep, swap out November your Christmas, Halloween Christmas uh, decorations for your Christmas. <clears throat> you I had Christmas that discussion with dramatic. my wife.
2: Today and she was like, oh yeah, we'll put the fall decorations out uh, November first, and I was like, yeah, yeah, Christy, um, because it was oh the Christmas tree <laughs> September fifteenth, and uh, you already had us switching over to uh, Halloween decorations in the house. I'm sure we're going to be uh, Christmas by the middle of uh, middle of November.
0: And don't forget the most sacred of all holidays in December, right? Uh
2: yeah, well the um December to
1: remember.
0: Happy holidays, right?
1: Happy holidays Honda. Honda
0: to you and yours. Uh,
1: also, well, shout out to—I'm uh, sorry—I I don't have it right in front of me, but uh, on Twitter, someone asked their favorite podcast episode of all time, and there was a guy who who uh, mentioned us and said the uh, the Hawaii Bowl Christmas podcast is his favorite podcast episode of all time. Uh, <laughs> which is great. Which is great to hear. If you knew what went into that. Which was two nights of multiple oh, yeah. hours. That's right. The first night was like three and a half hours long. And then like after an hour, I'm like, guys, let's just let's just stop trying. Let's stop trying. This is not going to work. This is not going to work.
2: And shout and out I to, uh, if, I mean, we weren't pleased with that. But we could not be uh, any less pleased than Sean Tucker, who is not pleased uh, with the outcome of his game. Hashtag uh, PL34SED. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, Brandon, Brandon Joseph punched me
2: with that one. Yeah. Yeah, and Sean Tucker put one out t- like two hours ago where he was like, uh, Saturday we lost. Uh 2441. I'm not pleased with the outcome. Just wasn't our day. I'm not pleased with the performance. So I'm grinding harder <laughs> this week on and off the field. And then he put his stats out like it mattered your stats sucked, Sean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that I wonder how their SID likes that <laughs> <laughs> that's got that's got to be well, I don't know maybe Syracuse fans don't really care as much but that that would be problematic if uh 100 would have tweeted out like after th- something like that after he
0: fumbled it would be like Josh Adams uh hashing everything 33 trucking after like a f- five carry like eight yard performance or <laughs> yes so.
2: <laughs> he goes, yeah, uh, yeah. He tweets out about it after the Miami game, right? He's like, well, "Guess I'm gonna have to uh,
1: trucking home." <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! All right. Well, I got nothing left. Uh, the, the Brad, um, the news about Brad was uh, was I was hoping. Thank you, Jude, for for starting that off because I was kind of dreading to have to bring that up myself. Um, yeah, man, look, Notre Dame has a whole bunch of stuff still in front of them. There's a whole bunch of bickering online. There's a whole bunch of sensitivity going on (laughs) online. Um, professional, professional, nothing, nothing needs to be candy coated. We know what's good and what's bad. No one is like, no one is, uh, questioning a person's worth in this world. Uh, just because they they don't play like a an NFL first rounder. Um that does that not that's not how these things are supposed to work. Um it's certainly not the way I think any anybody on this site operates. Um so, you know, be kind and rewind and and by all means be critical of whatever you think needs criticized. Uh, but let's uh, I don't know. geek. <laughs> Keep it, keep it civil because there's still a bunch left to, to this season. It, the season. We're on a wild ride on this first year of Marcus Freeman's reign, which is, uh, which has been interesting to, to say the least. Um, so that's it, man. I, this is, we talked a lot about Clemson tonight. We didn't, I uh, don't think we said the words, what does the Syracuse win mean for the Clemson game? <laughs> Uh, but I know a lot of you out there are thinking of it and I know one person in particular who's been thinking of it for months. Uh, but I think, uh, tentatively planning. And they're hearing this, uh, Wednesday night recording for the Clemson preview. So hopefully we'll, we'll be able to get that scheduled to be in your inboxes uh, on your podcast on Thursday. Let's do it up guys. Let's do it up. This is a huge fucking home game. Don't sell your tickets. Don't make Clemson look like Georgia uh, or Nebraska or Cincinnati <laughs> or any. They're not they're not red, okay? They're orange. So, so don't get rid of the tickets. Uh and let's uh let's do this upright, man. Let's uh let's let's make this something, be be a part of it. If you think that Notre Dame needs something or they're lacking something this year, definitely fans that are planning on attending this game on Saturday or have tickets to it, you can help in one way or another, by showing up, sound like Jude on. It sound like Jude, yeah. Sound Do like your Jude fucking on Sunday. Job. I did my part. Jude
2: did his job. I did my part.
1: <laughs> All right, so that's it for us. Uh, catch everything else from the from the game, and uh, now we're speeding towards uh, Clemson over on one foot down. Uh, reminder: get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave that rating, leave a review. All the reviews that you leave will be read right on the next hosty podcast. That's it for Jude for Brendan for everyone over at One Foot Down. Thanks for listening, and as always, Go Irish!